welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe. As you could probably tell, I am not Nyla. Um, Nyla is out and about in the world, and I'm going to be uh, hosting in her place. My name is Christopher Ryan. Some of you may know me. Every now and then, Nyla goes out and actually pretends that she lives her life and asks me if I can kind of just take her place while she does so. So today is one of those days. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the number to call is going to be area code 646-595-3965. And Nyla always wants me to make sure that I go through some of these announcements that she leaves behind for me. So let's see. She wants me to always make sure that I go ahead and thank the sponsors who helped cover a portion of the 2023 broadcasting license. And prepare yourselves because it is quite a list. That is going to be Annabelle Ashire, Anthony Arnold, Dave Kuhn, Debbie Kelly, Douglas Curry, George Wiley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Jade Mist, Jessica Brooke, Karen Dwight, Kristen Riley, Krissa Jokek, Chris's dog, T.S. Elliott, Lori Bindner, Lynn Perkins, Martha Shestick, Michael Emerald, Missy and Jimmy Ray Davis, Pineapple the 16th, Rebel Jones, Rich Hathaway, Robert and May Ryan, Perry Galloway, and Timothy Milton. And we do just want to thank those who made anonymous donations in the memory of some of the poets that we've lost throughout the years. Uh, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Philip Kent Church, John Cage, Ray Neighbors, Rick Smith II, Glenn Still, Charles C.B. Banks, King's Cadence, Deep Enough, and Joe the Poet. All right. I am going to apologize because I have definitely not been sleeping, so you might be able to tell that I am a little bit all over the place and all kinds of grumpy because I just got off of work. But I think I'm going to start off with the usual recording, and I think this time we're going to play Adam Faulkner, Prayer for the Stillborn. Prayer for the Stillborn, an open letter to Sarah Palin's unborn grandchild, November 3rd, 2008. There will be no bright lights or rose petals, kid. Please don't get your hopes up too high. The blizzard of confetti dancing the waiting room, shreds of your story graded clean from their Bible, you will just be. A pretty family picture on the wall without the bruises, a disappointing cameo with too much buzz. You should be mindful of your other shoulder. Learn how to turn it when they add more flesh to the water and stir. There will be no yellow brick carpet unfolded or flashbulbs chanting your name. Learn to speak with a spine in your tongue before they tame it to the ribs of your mouth. Just ask your mother. 
Dull roar orbiting the dry wall around you must be mouth jaw locked around concrete. The drop of a steel-toed boot looming heavy as storm cloud frowning behind your neck. It must be torture. They speak a moan of you out here, kid. On paper, you are timely as humanity. The ultimate yard sign, campaign photo op, the right color light through the windshield of a getaway car, and fingers are crossed that you will be still with the moon trapped halfway up your throat. Like girls that sulk through afternoon classrooms. Leftover sheet metal splintered from a bunker blast. Swelling breasts and unzippered jeans cradle the planets inside of them. Staples from their lips ripped, cinched together and meat-boned around their necks. Your mother will have these days, too. The empty wonder of what if and whose corner can I pinch my back into today. There will be days when she's less than proud to have you. Before the point-and-shoot for paycheck news teams ruling the White House lawn, her classmates will read them tabloids, too. Learn to show them early that your legs work fine, that you can run and kick the front of bellies that you never even asked to have smell like home. Incubator blankets will not be the manger of straw and praise they promise, but be more comforting than a doorstep or a stranger's hand. Or a dumpster. Or the East River. Know that. There will be no plan for the morning after. Again, when you fit less cleanly onto ballot box and note crate, your symbolism dampened like a cello with a dinner nap canoosed around its throat. Your martyrdom a sick sort of coin flip with you still, lab rat paralyzed and quiet while they scrub the dirt bitter from their cuticles like secrets, gun range cardboard cut out you, puddle you molehill of ash and water. But when the rumble beneath the floorboards gets worse, when feet begin to stomp and buildings to tremble, when the limelight starts to fade and your mother balloons to the finish line, when one by one they stop coming around to rumor you trophy, stop bringing baskets of lamb's meat and chalk, when the world feels heavy enough for tears to come the first time, bite down, kid, dig in, kid, double not the barrel of a shotgun they will give you and use what you've learned of your body to push hard against that coffin lid, use what you have learned of your body to dance. We are counting on you, and we will all be there to watch you move. All right. So next up on our agenda, you guys. Uh, number, once again, to call in is 646-595-3965. I do take callers in the order in which you guys call in, so please listen for your area code. Um, it looks like right now you guys are all kinds of excited for October because I'm seeing about 14 of you guys in our lineup right now. And when you do come on, please make sure to introduce yourself. You can read one or two poems. Um, I'll let you guys know if we need to reduce that as time starts to go by. Once you're done, please give out your URL. So that way people can come find you, share some comments, some feedback, some love. Uh, have to say it. Show does have a mature rating. Just about anything goes except for like hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts. No tab A into slot B. And I will let you guys know 
as we go on. If there's some of you that I see that are in our lineup but don't quite have your hands raised. But right now, first three callers, we have area code 702-860 and 731. Now, without further ado, let's start bringing on you poets. First up, we have area code 702. 702, you are on the air. Hey, Christopher, you caught me by surprise there. <laughs> I forgot. You don't do all the prompts and stuff. <laughs> How you doing? It's Jimmy Ray Davis, Word Machinist. Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? Going great, man. Uh, okay, I'm in my studio now, i.e. closet. Um, yeah, I heard you say you're having a, having a rough one, huh? You a little honorary because you just got off work and some stuff happened? Uh, I am always kind of just eager to get my feathers ruffled. I work in mental health, so that's always just exciting as is. And, you know, I am a manager, so that means I don't have just my regular five residents. It means I've got the 16, including all my staff members that sometimes forget that they're professionals. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like quite an agenda there. Um well, if it makes you feel any better at all, I'm sure it won't, but uh, my job is nothing like that. But being here in uh, luxurious, glamorous Las Vegas, <clears throat> that's off because when you live here, you know the real truth. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you heard the news, but they're bringing the F1 racing circuit here. Hmm. Uh, the European racing circuit, yeah, they're going to have yeah, they're going to run it in Las Vegas, and, and it's a street race, so they're going to do it right on the street, uh, down um, on the strip there. And uh, as bad luck would have it, where I work is right in the middle of the track. That sounds like it will be so much fun for all the locals. Yeah, it's basically we've already had uh, the last month has been terrible. The next month and a half leading up to the race will be terrible. I mean, trying to get to work on time, navigating the construction, um, not fun. Not fun at all. Good time. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see what uh, what I brought you here. Um, like I said, I wasn't. Hmm. You caught me a little bit a uh, little bit off guard, but uh, hope Nyla's okay. She uh, taking another rock hunting trip. Yes, she is. She is out enjoying the wilds, and I am bracing myself for the newest batch of dead things that she is going to bring home and, and show off. <laughs> well, you don't have to wait that long for creepy stuff because I kicked off my uh, month-long Halloween spooktacular on my page and last week on the show, and I'll be doing – Oh, all kinds of scary poems and such stuff uh, during the next month on the show. And tonight, the first piece I brought you is called Twenty Eyes. You hear the spiders crawling. You find them quite appalling. My God, the baby's squalling. Get them off. Get them off. Get them off. Furry legs. Gnashing teeth. Twenty eyes. Staring into your soul, venom injected, heartbeat slows, paralyzed, cold as the tomb. You try, but you cannot scream as under the doorway, 
they begin to fill your room. To know horror, the kind that's deep into the bone as hundreds of the little devils traverse your near-naked body, tickling in the worst way possible. Waking up, hospital bed, you survived. What you sow will be what you reap. Meanwhile, in the corner of your room, 20 eyes are watching, waiting for you to sleep. You hear the spiders crawling. You find them quite appalling from the ceiling falling. Get them off. Get them off. Get them. <laughs> and peace. And there's supposed to be a flatline sound, but I didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you like spiders, Christopher. <laughs> I'm glad that you decided to read that when Nyla was gone, because she would probably not have been able to make it through that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot. She has a thing with, a thing with spiders. Oh, that's <laughs> good stuff. That was good and definitely kind of the stuff of, of Nyla's nightmares for sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, um, okay. Got one more in store for us? Yeah, I, I actually do. And uh, for some reason, I'm having, I know you guys sometimes on the show have uh, technical difficulties. I appear to be having them now myself. That's okay. I've got something oh. I can pull up. But the one I planned on. Mm. Let's see. Okay, that's not going to happen. All right, well, we'll go to plan B. Okay. So are you getting excited for Halloween? You got a big party you're going to go to or anything? I am... Always kind of grateful when I don't have to work Halloween in my line of work. Um, <laughs> figure it's, it's one thing if people are like all kinds of good and okay and excited for it. It's another thing if, and it, it just so happens that I'm getting a bunch of, of brand new residents this month. So tends to be trauma all kinds of still fresh. So Halloween tends to be a rough month. Well, I hope you get some time off, definitely. Uh, Christopher, well, listen, uh, I'm going to go ahead. And, uh, this is an old one that I pulled up recently, and I will be including it in my okay. month-long spectacular. Um, yeah, this is, this will be a toughie, but I'm going to go ahead and do this one because it's available, and let's keep the show rolling. This is called <clears throat> The Blast Furnace Hides Bones. Running, labor breathing, blood-stained floor slip, cracked hip table corner, splinter slither slash. Oh, my God, he's right on my ass. Bend the dream. Get me the fuck out to the garden of stones. The blast first hides bones. Skin mask, slip, slipping, tripping, steel tears, big hand, too big, psycho man, fucking maniac, and I'm all alone. 
the blast furnace hides bones. Cellar door in reach. Bleached skin, ghost white. Running blind, losing sight. Legs blunted, shunted. Dial 911, hear the tone. The blast furnace hides bones. Disconnected. Wire cut, in a rut. No way out. Root cellar door dry with age and drought. House tape cuisine. Scene of a cannibal. No Hannibal. Lecherous, just the same. Outlandish and unknown. The blast furnace hides bones. Heavy boots, thudding death, size 13's green with mossy residue. God, help me! Can't cry, can't scream, can't wake from this fucking dream. He's breathing, a monotonous drone. The blast furnace hides bones. Staggered, haggard, into the tunnels of his prey. Oh fuck, he's here. Quiet now, shh, shh. Must not breathe. Must be quiet, as the night is to stone. The blast furnace hides bones. I see his victims. Rictus of corpses, laid and splayed on display. Strippers stripped of hips, thighs enveloped by flies. Prostitutes rooted, deep cavities. His level of depravity are sick. I shudder as I hide alone. The blast furnace hides bones. Driller killer. Oh my fucking God, he's right here. I play dead. He speaks. Run, little worm of a man. You cannot stand the torment in store for the horrors of society like you. Wretched little insects, your vortex of pain will stretch to the hard core of the core evermore. Play dead, and your head will paint my walls. Your scent of fear is queer and pungent. I smell you, and the God of which you pray cannot save the day, for you will crumble on my altar of death. I will embrace you, my wretch, as you are stretched on my rack. You won't die alone. My blast furnace will hide your bones. Here I come. No, this killer filled her with knife steel, the feel of the blade forbade in realms of normalcy. Dormant seas of bloodlust must escape before trust. The pestle of cracked stone. The blast furnace hides bones. Ducking pipes, snipe hunt for real. Bleeding were cut, stumbling myriad hallways. Fumbling, tumbling, crawl space. Blood-drenched catacombs. And the blast furnace hides bones. Alarm. Awake. Thank God. Just a bad dream. Oh, okay. Now I'm shivering, quivering here on the bed. What the hell was that dream I just had? I can't, can't remember. Something about, ah, I just don't know. But the wind outside is cold. I must wake her, tell her, wait, wait, wait a second. Good cellar. Furnace? That's it. I must not forget. The blast furnace must be emptied. Freed of the bonds of night terrors, I descend to the cellar. The blast furnace hides bones, and there is so much work to do yet. End poem. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was pretty damn good and a nice way to kick off your whole month. Of all things scary and creepy. Uh, 
I do. I do appreciate it, Chris. Well, you know, the, the goal of that one, I think, is to immerse you, to make you feel like you were there. So if I did that, then we're on the right track. Very much so. That one absolutely has that feel of, yeah, like a little short story, a little <laughs> a little vignette that just carries you along. Yeah, and I haven't read that one. Uh, I haven't read that one out loud for probably over a decade, and back on the speakeasy way, way back. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun one. Hey, it's, you know, it's that time of year. Uh, Christopher, listen, I do appreciate it. Let's keep things rolling. I'm Jimmy Ray Davis, the Word Machinist. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram under the name Word Machinist. On Facebook, my poetry page is Jimmy Ray Davis Poetry. Uh, thank you again, Christopher. I appreciate it. You're doing a great job. You're going to kill it tonight, and I think we got a lot of great poets coming up. Awesome. Thank you so much for calling in, Jimmy. You got it, man. You take care, Christopher. You too. I'm going to put you back on hold, and I'm going to get our next caller on the air. Next up, we have area code 860. 860, you are on the air. Hi, it's Jessica Brooke. How are you, Christopher? I'm doing good. How about yourself, Jessica? Good. Actually, happy to say that I've been depressed for like a few weeks now, maybe a month, and I couldn't quite tell because it kind of followed the COVID, so I couldn't tell. Like, I kind of didn't notice it right away, but yeah, it lifted today, and uh, I got some very good news that my disability had been cut off um, because they thought I was, they miscalculated, I was working too much, got reinstated, even though I won't get the you know, get it back as far as the money back very that quickly, but at least uh, hmm. the decision was made. And so, so, so relieved. I've been so stressed out. So, like, I don't know. It's been interrupting my sleep, like everything, my mood, everything. <laughs> no kidding. That sounds like a bit of a roller coaster of a, what, week? Two weeks? Yeah, well, that was the roller coaster week, yeah, because I was calling and calling trying to find out whether whether they made the decision because my work like gave them a you know a fill that form and I'm waiting and I'm taking freaking forever and I just wanted to know you know am I going to get it back or am I going to have to quit my job so I can get the disability Mm. back because I'm not working you know so I'm just so relieved I'll be able to work I love my job I work in the mental health field too and um, Mm -hmm. I just I don't want to I didn't want to have to quit. So that's, that's enough to take us to a sign. <laughs> There's 14 people or 12 more people. Um, yeah, I, uh, Jimmy beat me. Uh, I was, I uh, can't be first off the time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I haven't been writing much. Um, been very bored. Uh, for example, I have, well, I do have one that I wrote for my, my brother-in-law, um, Actually, he was ha- he's been having a difficult time, um, and he right now he's in the hospital. But I- I'm gonna write. I'm gonna read this. You know, he's not listening or anything, but I figure that I want to read it because he said he. Um, I wrote it for him, and I read it on his voicemail before he ended up. Um, yeah, he's having a hard time. All right, it's called "Only Up From Here." Surface shows a smile, yet inside pain overtakes. Happiness turns around, looks the other way, lifts in suffering and pain. Rough days will be relieved, joy revived, love received. 
So your highness is rewarded with so much more light, even more bright than your smile. For the journey, this journey is arduous, yet well worth the struggle. When sunshine is lit in, emitting a genuine smile. For you show the world your strengths every day when you keep going, no matter what obstacles remain. I love you. Remember that. So many people do. Hope is alive within you, still waiting, just waiting to be released out of a cage of despair. I see it. It's there. Only up from here, my dear brother. No reason to fear. For if you need a lift, I am here. And pull. All right. That was beautiful. Thank you. Go ahead. I was going to say I very much hope that you do share that directly with him. Yeah, I did. I I, I wrote it, like, because he didn't want to talk because he was, you know, in a lot of pain, you know, physical pain or whatever at the time. And, like, um, I I didn't, he didn't want to talk. So I said, well, you know, he wanted to go to bed. So I said, okay, you know, I'll read it in your voicemail because I want to, I just want you to hear it before you go to bed. And um, so he has heard it, so I'm not, like, sharing it with everybody instead, instead of him. Um, but, like, yeah, I did. And I, but I, I, I'll read it again. I didn't get to hear anybody like it on the text, but I don't know. Yeah, he's, like, he has a lot of just, like, some very, a lot of, just, like, different physical elements, some bizarre, some he wouldn't, you've never heard of, and. I just, and not only that, did he go through all the physical stuff, but did, you know, then did the mental stuff as well, and then the emotional, and it's just so overwhelming for him, and he's so, I mean, because he's such an amazing artist, he's like, not just like in, in every single type of art you could imagine, he's so gifted, and it's like, wow, if I only had that much talent, like, and he even started writing poetry, I was like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> you could do everything, so I don't know. Um, I mean, he's he's walking around my house, just standing there sketching something, a, a, a picture on the wall. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like it looks like I was watching, you know, someone in, you know, I was, you know, in Italy or something on the street. Just, it's just nuts. He's so talented. Um, yeah, and I love him, and he's having a really hard time. So that goes out to Matt. Um, and I just something really quick, it's just a funny little thing that I was writing uh, at work, and then I'll let everybody count on. Um, Bored bard, not working hard. Finding rhyme to pass the time. And then here's a haiku. Bored bard, stuck working. Soon inspiration launches. Masterpiece ensues. And at least we hope so. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I just want to say thank you very much for sharing all that. And I'd say working in this field, just living life, you know it just as well as I do. Having hope, having contact with your support network, that makes all the difference in those difficult times. Yeah, it does. And I, I I didn't really have my support network this depression um i as, as some people but most people were stuck doing you know in their own depression or in their own stuff and they weren't there for me but it's not really a, a big deal because the time i need people is when i'm manic because that's what i'm in most dangers the, the only time i'm in danger of being hospitalized is when i get manic 
So mm-hmm. it was good. But it still sucked when I was people weren't there for me. I was like, you know, well, thanks. When you're when you're depressed, I'm I'm there for you and saying I'm here, I'm here, I'm here and you know, and then I'm depressed and where are you? You know. Uh, well. It's always a very difficult balancing act. Um and yeah, it's hard to be the one that cares for others and yeah. When you need it, if people aren't right yeah, there, it's easy to get sucked into those those dark moments. Yeah, I've been I I had a, a relationship where the guy was like so depressed and, and I was doing very well and it, it was very hard to watch him suffer. But then he was like taking his suffering out on me all, all the time, and I'm like, you know, it just wasn't fair. And then recently, this other like so-called friendship, whatever, um, you know, I call him and text him more than I usually do when he goes off on me for in the text for protecting him. This is different. You know, this is, you know, and I was like, whoa, you know, thanks for like, I told you I was lonely. I, I need someone to talk to you. You ignore me and you expect me, yet you expect me to like be your beck and call and come over whenever you're upset. And you want to hang out with someone? It was like always on his terms, and I'm just getting sick of it. So, all right, you can find me on Facebook, Jessica Brook Poetry, and I'm gonna say good night. I talked a lot, um, and now you don't have to worry about filling up any more time with your talking. Jessica, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for sharing all, um, and yeah. Take some time for you now. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'm going to bring on our next caller. Next up, we have area code 731. 731, you are on the air. Greetings, Christopher. This is Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. Hey, Michael. How have you been doing? Outstanding as always. Outstanding as always. And you, sir? Not too shabby. I get to share the evening with you all, so, you know, not a bad way to kind of finish off the work day. Fantastic. You've livened up since the show started. You've parked up. It's magnificent. It's wonderful. I'm glad to hear it. I do my best to share my best with you guys. So, yeah. Well, you know, Jimmy and Brooke can have that effect today. on you. You know that? You start mm-hmm. off with Jimmy and Brooke, everything's going to be magnificent and wonderful. I tell you what. Jimmy Ray reminded me of something I forgot about. This okay. is Halloween month. Ah, I forgot all about it. So I got a couple of Halloween, kind of Halloween. One of them's a dreaming poem too. So, okay. Anyway, thanks Jimmy for bringing me back to where I need to be. The first one. This I'm so happy that Nyla's not here. She hates this poem. She hates it. She gets mad at me when I'm here. She's never figured out though. If you it's about a stuffed bear that's really thread-worn and bare, and it's on the bed, and, and it's with this girl, and she had it when she was young, and, and now it just sits on the bed. She goes out and does stuff and leaves it. She pays it no attention whatsoever. And at the end of the mm-hmm. third the third verse, uh, it, there's a line that says, I can't recall if she left in a dead rush or twirled. Who twirls? Christopher, who twirls? It's Nala who twirls. She's no. I never, I never told her that. She still doesn't know that. I wouldn't have told her tonight either. But she, she's out here. We'll talk about it. 
<laughs> anyway, here's this is just a really spooky depressing poem. It's called Token Existence. Good night is the parting shot as she gathers herself, heading out for a night to join the passing parade. Familiarity breeds exempt as I'm left on the shelf in some protective custody to carry on this charade. Reflecting now on our slow dancing through the night makes me a little more blue, calls for consternation. One of these leavings will be a long time gone, might lead to a complete unravel, my tail coming unspun. There was a time she was not budgeting time, you know, moments caught in lockstep in our own little world. Thought the sight makes no sense when it comes time to go. I can't recall if she left in a dead rush or twirled. I realize a colorful kite can't fly from a clinging vine. I know well I should be grateful for a cameo appearance and cherish the memories hanging around this old shrine for old time's sake, all before me now, a token existence. I would not wish this level of sadness on a total stranger. I seriously have my doubts a stranger would even care. Still, I would more than meet her halfway, now in danger of falling forever beneath the cracks, thread-worn and bare. I think in light of the fact that that is about Nyla, that that kind of puts a whole new spin on things. I'm curious if she'll be able to piece that together when she uh, she comes back and she hears that next time around. Ah, she'll be getting a pizza out of the oven when that part comes, and she'll still miss it. Fate works that way. And now for poem number two. Thank you, Jimmy Ray, for the dream inspiration. I just happened to have one from 2007. The poem's called The Dream, and I wrote it for a girl named Raylene, because I kind of felt like she needed it. But uh, the the thing about this is, in the world of MySpace and the internet and our writing groups and whatever, in twenty in two thousand six is when I got started there. But this right here is the first poem I recall writing. I think this is where I was writing stories and silly blogs before that. I think the first poem. Anyway, this is called To Dream. To dream success, a noble landscape of fortune and fame most can relate. To kingdoms and castles and glory-filled fate as you reason with self while lying in state. In the darkness of the moonlit night where the mist weighs heavy on the moors, does your anchorless boat crash the rocks, biking sails on the mast, or capable oars? Will the dead pay a visit and dredge up the past, bring back lost memories not meant to last? These faces and motions and notions that dwell there for your benefit or theirs, who can tell? Some dreams are visions of grandeur sublime that take you to lost love suspended in time. My, how those are cherished. Who knows when they may come to refresh you, renew hope again. But be aware when the dream is through and the costs are counted, what debt is due, 
eyes wide open. Have you managed to dream or are you defined? The dream has dreamed you. End poem. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I I always kind of just enjoy little dream poems and, and just dream interpretation in general. Like, find the whole thing just fascinating. And you combine that with, um, you know, Creepy Scary Month in general. And it just opens up a whole new can of worms for all kinds of, of weird interpretations of these things. Like, I kind of just have to sit yeah. here and just kind of like fiddle around with it in my brain just because I want to go with like literal and then I want to go with figurative and then I want to go with just like absolutely paranoid. What on earth could this possibly mean? Outstanding. What's behind <laughs> curtain number three? All right, very good, sir. You know what time it is now? It's time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets. And Carrie Young, they're having a wonderful evening and, and looking forward to everyone else tonight. Before you run away, how might yes, people sir? find you, Mike? Oh, you can find me at miketodd.blogspot.com. That's M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D. All right, Michael, thank you so much for calling in and spending the night with us. Appreciate you coming tonight, sir. Thank you. All right, I'm going to put you back on hold. Next up, we have area code 848. 848, you are on the air. Hello. Hello. Good Who might I have the pleasure <laughs> of speaking with? Anna. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I um I came on for the first time uh last Thursday as for being nagged at for a long time by Jimmy Ray Davis. A <laughs> dear friend of mine. <laughs> and uh the lovely Lola Lawrence. So though I think uh I think Lola's gonna be on at some point and uh just heard Jimmy's uh creepy, creepy, uh spooktacular <laughs> thing of nightmares poem which is fantastic <laughs> but um yeah yeah so i have two for tonight okay. one is a little short and uh here we go see jimmy you jinxed me i know he's listening with tech issues because now i can't find mine so i'm gonna blame him why not right <laughs> That works. If he's um, having tech issues, he can't defend himself. It's perfect crime. <laughs> so this one is called Young Lust, um, but it's not risque. It's okay. I promise. A little creepy, but not. They came from the woods on a dark, dead night. The things of your dreams, nightmares come to life. Moonlight cascades as October free falls, blood pumping hard, lovers risking it all. That place they all park for that hot, warm taste. Steamy hand-printed windows, lust in haste. Till the light shined bright in their eyes and said, stop. It was their worst nightmare, the law, a cop. His fingers still damp, her heart left pumping. They came from the woods, bodies left wanting. So, end poem. (laughs) 
It's it's actually like quite it. funny. Yeah, it's quite funny how that one was inspired. My kids were not too happy about it, actually. Uh, October, I'll be gone. We'll be married, my husband and I, for 23 years together, 28. And we have a. Thank you. We have a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old that is basically Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory, my son. And uh, we were driving home, and you know, because my husband has to go and point out, remember that path we used to drive down? And I'm like. Yeah, I got my kids in the back seat, and my son's going, tell me you were there making out with mommy, freaking out. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, so the next morning that poem popped in my head. I'm like, talk about inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, it got you to have a little chuckle there. (laughs) If you wanted to, you could spin that all kinds of ways. I know. I I actually, I got done writing it, and I'm like, damn, I really could have added on to this, but I cut it. I cut it short for some. I might. I might add on to it. I'm not sure yet. Not too sure yet. I'm debating. Debating. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. Well, when you but think about it, it you know. You're you're young and you know you pull into these places. Everybody's done it. I don't care who they are. That says, "Oh, not me." Of course you did. You know. <laughs> but when you're younger, and I remember going down that path and like all woods in the middle of the night, and you know you're you're excited, you're terrified. So you know, I was like, "Happy Halloween." <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> All right, Miss Anna, you said you've got two poems for us tonight, so what's number two? So number two is not so funny, but um, this one's called Storyteller. She fell from within the pages of a book. The brown-eyed girl hidden where not a soul would look. Among pressed flowers from the funeral of a father long gone, now sharing with her child how life goes on. A photograph attached to nothing but memories. Some beautiful, others broken, for only her to see. This, I realized, was attached to me, and it was something that only I could flee. Left overflowing with emotion from the story, I had found finding little snippets of life lost in the background. End poem. Mm. Definitely a different air to it, but amazingly powerful. Thank you. That one, that one is definitely worth hanging on to, sharing with your kids. Yeah, that um, it's funny because I lost my dad when I was thirteen, and I am very nostalgic. I'm a trinket saver. Like I, I, I have a library in my home, a legit library in my home. It's insane. Um. Yeah, I've got a book collection that started in 1994 until now. And, uh, yeah, I have all my journals from 1994 and up. So 1994, I was 18. Of course, you know, I have to hide those. They can't read those until they're older because if they see what I did, then they're going to be like, yeah, but you did this. And I'm going to be like, so? You know, I don't want to <laughs> encourage them. Because at 19, I was a little bit of a hellion, so. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
and they will never grow up to repeat our mistakes. <laughs> oh, Lord, I hope not. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so those are my two for the evening. And um, thank you. And the second one, actually, um, you can find my poetry at my Facebook page, and it's Lost in the Background. And that's my poetry page name. Lost in the Background. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I. You I like know, it. it's funny. Okay. I, I wanted to change the name, but my husband came up with it for good reason. We were staring at a picture of when I was a kid. And my husband looked at the picture and I said, it's amazing, you know, we'll think they can see in a picture, you know, it looks like a happy family, but my family was anything but, and you really don't pick up on what's in the background of, of what you're looking at. So my husband came up with that name and he said, that's the name, that's the page name. I'm like, what? And he's like, lost in the background. I'm like, that's pretty good. <laughs> You know, so I love the page name. I like it too, but like sometimes people read it for face value and they read some of my poetry that's a little dark and they're like, you're not lost, you're found. I'm like, that's not the point of the page name. (laughs) You know, I know I'm not lost. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I'm excited to hear everyone else. I can't wait to hear Miss Lola. And uh, Jessica Brooke, I love her. She's a sweetie. She's fantastic. She's such a great girl. She is. All right. And so no it, pressure on Lola then. No, absolutely. No, she'll kill me. <laughs> <laughs> She's fantastic. No pressure needed. She's amazing. <laughs> she is. But thank you so much. You're a great host, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. And it was very nice Thank to meet you. Thank you very much for calling in and for, for letting Jimmy pressure you into calling in. Yeah, I think now it's going to be a weekly thing. I'm not scared anymore. It's the, it's the first time I've read any of my poetry, uh, you know, Good. out loud. Mm-hmm. That is very yep. much the environment that Nyla has strove to, to make the Speakeasy Cafe. She wants it to be welcoming. She wants it to be a place where actually people do get inspired and Feel confident to start writing and sharing more and more. She did it. She did a fantastic job because it's very warm, welcoming, and um, almost feels like a, a little family. So, very nice. Very nice. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. I'm going to put you on hold if you feel like. Raising your hand again, just go ahead and hit one in order to lower your hand and then once more in order to raise it back in so that way I could always bring you back on if you have more. Sure, thank you. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. And our next caller is going to be area code 276. 276, you are on the air. Hey there, this is Dixie Millen. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Dixie? I'm doing well. Thank you. Wow, I can't believe I'm uh, on so soon. That's pretty awesome. And uh, Anna and Jimmy Ray and Jessica, uh, all wonderful. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm on the same show with them. It's so amazing. Yay! 
And I love you. I loved hearing your story. That was awesome. Uh, so anyway, I will shut the fuck up and read my poetry and let other people go, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, I wasn't expecting to come on so soon. Uh, so anyway, this is a piece I wrote called Patchouli. I love patchouli. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a hippie girl at heart. And uh, so anyway, uh, patchouli. What's that smell, she asked. Girl, that's the aroma of another missing piece of my soul breaking off and sloughing away, freeze-dried in the polar vortex of this greedy, jellied world. That's what that smell is. That's the foulness of fresh scars left by lying lips from guns and holsters on hips of some blatant, belligerent bastards who ain't nothing but trigger-happy. That's what that smell is. That's the wafting whiff of iron from blood on our cheeks because, you know, blessed are the meek who take the backhand of life's demands day after day after day and never once rise up to scream, fuck you! That's what that smell is. That's the stench of senseless hate, bashing out the great in you and me, society, by steely fists of impropriety, being all really badass better than you. That's exactly what that smell is. That's the sodium of selfless tears, falling soundlessly upon the sands of fleeting years, because we're raised to kiss asses as tick-tick time passes and pushes us flat into the dank, dirty dust. That's what that smell is. Take a deep breath and try, just try, suppressing the urge to regurgitate. I bet you can't. What's that smell, she asked. Well, it sure the fuck ain't patchouli, I said. In point. I was struggling. <laughs> Really hard not to just laugh out loud while you were reading that. As it, soon as you just kicked in, it was just <laughs> this just kind of transports me. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay if you laugh. The, the punchline's supposed to be funny, you know. After all that that comes before it, so uh, it, it, it's okay if you laugh. <laughs> now the last time that I called, uh, if I can find it, I've been looking for it. Uh, let me yeah. see. Uh, search always helps, you know, when you're actually searching for something. If you, uh, you know, <laughs> I found weirdly, it does seem helpful like that. <laughs> so, uh, so the search worked. And the last time I called in, I said, "You're not really a uh, flower and hearts poet, are you?" And I was like, "No, not really. I'm not. Uh, I've read." Uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> some uh, lady pieces. And so uh, I'm a little disappointed, not that you're a bad host because you're awesome. No, you've been great. I can listen to you like read me children's stories all night. But uh, I had a flower and hearts poem for her. <laughs> I hear you, have it. <laughs> I had a flower and hearts, and I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. This is a piece I wrote. Uh, I'm going to do this in memory of my Aunt Joan, who was uh, a big, big uh, influence and supporter in my life. And uh, she passed 
in uh, 2019 after a uh, short illness. And uh, this was her favorite poem that I wrote. And uh, so I'm going to do this for my Aunt Joan. I think she's hearing me tonight. It's called uh, Through Brokenness Steel. I once saw a vessel cracked and broken, former beauty it lacked, now only a token of what it once was in its day of glory, now rendered useless, end of its story. Its creator saw me eyeing the piece whose grandeur was gone and value decreased, yet proudly displayed among more grand creations, formed by talented hands, fused by great innovation. Yes, will you tell me what you truly see? My eyes caught his glance. Are you talking to me? He said, yes, child, please share what you see in this work. Well, if you insist. But I felt like a jerk. I said, it's plain ugly. These cracks, all these flaws, devoid of all splendor and lacking in all. I said, hey, why won't you just toss it away? Then quietly listened as he had to say. Notice the words there painted on clay. And I look closer. I cannot turn away. In orange, dull faded, I saw the word joy inscribed on this picture I thought best destroyed. In flecks of pink, there was faded love placed under the symbol of a soaring white dove. My soul being stirred as awareness increased as I saw in blue the flaking of peace. The potter began his story to tell. Tears in my eyes started to well. I'm sorry. He said of his picture these powerful words, a story it seems I'd long ago heard. My hands formed this vessel and my hands are skilled. Its purpose is served through broken steel. Without these cracks, it holds only so much. But joy, love, and peace, friend, they need to be touched. What good would they be as stagnant remains inside of a picture that only restrains? Oh, my sweet friend, it's these cracks and these holes where peace, love, and joy can rush forth and heal souls. Speechless I was, except just to say, how much for this picture may I offer today? With grace in his smile, he handed to me this piece that he made. Today, friend, it's free. This broken thing I thought of as waste instilled the great truth I must not judge in haste. Inside of my heart still arises such thrill. I now share this picture. Come, watch it spill. That's the end. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't you, have, <laughs> you have absolutely nothing to apologize for. That was an amazing read. A wonderful you. piece. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I can't believe I went after Anna Ortiz and Jimmy Ray and uh, Jessica and uh, Mike. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm on cloud nine tonight. Thank you so much for letting me read. 
<laughs> Thank you so much for calling in and sharing with us. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it's truly my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. Before you run away from on us, how might people find you? Share some love with you. Okay. Um, my Facebook and my Instagram uh, are both The World According to Dixie Malin. That's M, like Mary. Uh, and then L Y. Oh, All right, I might need a minute because that just gave me a case of the feels. Um, but thank you once again, Dixie, just for calling in and yeah, um, just letting it be known just how much your your aunt actually impacted your life. Uh, she was she she was an amazing. Amazing human being, and I, you know, I, I still think she's pretty amazing now. I think she's still smiling, and and uh, from wherever she is, and uh, I mean, it made her heart happy. It made mine happy to do it. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Dixie. I'm gonna put you, you on hold. Okay. I'm gonna bring on our next caller. Next up, we have area code 573. 573, you are on the air. Uh, uh, Christopher, it's Mr. How's it going, Sam? Uh, it'd be better if, if my ears were and I could hear you. I, your audio is extremely low tonight. Uh, could you see my phone, though? How's my audio? Your audio sounds okay. I'm I'm having to do this on my cell phone, so it, it very well could be on my end. Ah, well, I just want to make sure that I'm clear. All right, um, let's uh, let's bring back some Halloween fun, shall we? Okay, I'm I got, ready. Uh, I got some some funny scary and some just fucking scary. First one is Blood Orange Oracle. Blood Orange is the Oracle tonight. Hazy skies, damn, it's morbid, brilliant light tonight. Murky perception on water, spread the gap. Spooky air creeps out across the land. A single shrill call from nocturnal. Your skin crawls in anticipation of a great fright. That momentary reprieve is about to be nigh. Looming in the dark depths of terror tonight, rugged. Her sharp claws, seven feet tall and fangs. The creature only meant for four legs has gone erect. You run now, terrified, knowing it's near. Sweat from your palms to the back of your ears. Tingle and cringe as your senses come alive. Dilated pupils, is it true? This is the last of your life. Tired as your body aching is every limb. A tree meets you head on. Your back you come to rest. Hearing the mad rush, you know it's all over now. Licked in the face by your dog. Haunted by your imagination. Blood orange oracle. Burst clown. Bakery breathing. End peace. And every single time you share a piece, I just kind of like strap in and just brace myself to see if I can follow it. 
And like the entire time I'm listening to this one, like I'm I'm totally just imagining like that violin sting that you hear in like all horror movies just every single time. Like it just made perfect sense in my head. Right on. Right on. That's that's the open piece right there. I always share it this time of year, so this time of year it makes me excited because I to pull out, you know, certain pieces. Um as the as the month goes on they'll get deeper and deeper. Uh this next one is um just terrifying. So I think I forget it's thing. It's called Succumbing to Storms. In the early break, sitting idiosyncratic in a daze amongst wooded serenity. Sartreuse, this forest canopy bedded above Christian Krulian waves rushing softly. Not my usual set of distorted instances. I'm isolated in peace rather than split amongst hesitant eyes. I do love the solidarity of this sprawling estate. Talking sofas, being quiet, good for my insurgencies. This land, storied in rich character, tragic misfortunes. A place once treasured for its sacred bounty. Hit shot on wagon wheels of hell's fury. Decimation came. Arcane idolaters, blood-driven, slaughtered the natives. Now vexed, eternal and tragic sorrow, the sanctuary deemed. Unnatural occurrences from spirited forefathers loom venomous. However, I find this land welcoming to my diabrotic means. Here, few inhabitants, so sound is quelled nicely. My condition is tended by qualified vigilance and bleached white. Faceless caretakers who regular my domicile with diligence. Therapeutics now dreamy in effect is I'm really docile, not filed and varied irrational schisms gone too fast. Just two eventides pass in this gorging, luscious feast, watering my palate. I'm moistening it like late July rains. So enthralled was my appetite, it diverted abstinence, breaking my usual fasting of Ponderous perplexities. Heightened was my vivacity, which for many lunar rotations has found rejection its doom tailoring. Dust blanket brings alive this landscape, now wild with calls of nocturnal stimulation. As the visiting golden oracle leaves, unsettled waters spew murky perception across the gap. Cracking and shattering ions roll in viciously from the south. The distant quaking, stripping my momentary reprieve. This is dominoes, one step, now toppled frantically. I'm raptured in effect throws of blindsided lunacy. A victim of delusional warfare, the lead to stray, a ship lacking mass to edge of a flattened world. Radular, these scurrying minions run and then diabolical incantations spewed on forked tongues. Sapphire eyes, persistently invasive, and my loss of evasive maneuvers to the depth is no longer shoulder lower than I. Strictly stagnant, 
and vast, these shadow-filled halls violently flashing, breaking decibels. Storm came swiftly, diagenic, these retinas, unfocused and hysteria's bosom, impulsive beyond reason. I'm feeling dark and infamy, choking, and terrified as constrained lungs tip forth past the throat seized under human evaluation. <laughs> Fuck you! Squeaking out in fragments against verbal rantings of this imposing, tyrannical, ritualistic homage. Failed, it seems. As suicide's requiem shows its feature, a witching hour matinee one hopes could never attend. I am the offering of a thousand dead natives screaming! Enlightened ones rashly plucked from the grand scheme. This estate, now catacomb of vibrantly loud shrieks, tenacious cackling and cataclysmic agony, seething shackles me in jackets of restraint, leery wall clocks hiss as grotesquely fingers invade my ears, nose, mouth. And the day my veins pierced or drenched in Thursday, doses administered, not that of a saint physician's hand. Forced to succumb to electro pulses firing high wattage, shaking and seizing upon my already too feeble mind. Near catatonic and subsonic shivering of a sequestered vessel. Missing the expression, this contorted mask can't equate. Pupils dilated, stuck on visions of giant demonic beings raping serenity's virginity with malicious force. Crested chromatic sepulchres quartered in masochistic enthusiasms one would never entomb a life by. Dissected and thrashing segments by tiny teeth to form nails, these demons devour the remains of my worth. Luscious moments. Gone. I don't gather much in perception that's cleared or assimilated in time. I, mean, I think it's been weeks surrounded by voices, vulgar afflictions. These moments pass like years without illumination or sight. The days drag on like molasses chilled on tattered, dead flesh, stuck in a, a position like tacky substance. I believe came from me. Reminds my echoing synapses, the lull this heart is beating to. Backwards digression. And horrific overtures provocate terror. Packaged in gleaming reflections of a sharp blade carving. I am a funeral procession lacking momentary display. But a corpse, rotting upon griefless shores, slipping off into eternal quagmires. Lackluster eulogies severed in the garden of stormy schizophrenic attacks. Doctor breathing and peace. Oh man, I I kind of say this every time that you read, but really, like the way that you go about your writing and your delivery is fucking amazing. Um, there's the actual piece itself, the content of it, and the way in which you deliver it, that also is telling a completely different story. 
like the times when your tone differs from the content makes it this amazing whole. Like the entire time listening to you for this one starts off so calm and so different. And as it gets more frantic, like it just has that all-encompassing feeling of going insane and knowing that you're going insane and trying to fight it and trying to figure out what's real. I think this was a perfect, like, personal horror type of thing. That was amazing, Sid. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really loved that piece. It's kind of near and dear to me when I wrote that piece for um, the Garden of Poetry and Prose. Right before I wrote that, I spent like a week researching schizophrenia uh, and writing that piece. And I got locked up for a week, man, and I was like stuck in that story for a long time. Sometimes I'm in jail. And all I can think of is this fucking story. I'm going crazy, you know. But I like him to do it. That thing was heavy. Yeah, it's fun piece. I like to bring it out. All right, man. Let me get off the wire here. You know, you can't find me unless you're on my Facebook page because nobody gets in unless you're in. I'm always in, but not everybody else is. So, my bubble. <laughs> Have a good night, bro. Thank you, sir. All right. <laughs> Next up, we've got area code 937. 937, you are on the air. Ooh, you caught me at a good time. I just got done having a sneezing fit. Woo. <laughs> um, Lord, perfect. that would have been a good time. Bye. So, hi, this is Lola Lawrence. How are you? Hey, Lola. I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm good. Oh. Great show tonight. Everybody's doing really well. It has been an amazing show so far. So, what do you have in store for us and all us listeners? Um, I've got, I've got two. Um, I usually read, I I write erotic uh, poetry as well, so I usually read one non-spicy one and then one spicy one. So, okay. Um, on words, smooth as sea glass, opaque obscurity, inducing confusion. They seemed so beautiful. Vibrant hues of love proclamations. They were loud, but empty. Echoing my wounds, teasing my doubt with deft fingers. I grew in distrust, distrust, not of the idle promises on saccharine tongues, but of myself. I became a snake pit. Seeded hesitancy of climbing vines, they invaded, breaking down my truth, indecision of my own feelings, a morbid skepticism of drowning intuition, that damn, were the words beautiful, the scent of them making me smell blind, the stench of my own decay, and peace. Bison is there. Okay. <laughs> that one even my spicy one. <laughs> Okay, good transition. <laughs> okay. My phone will cooperate here. <clears throat> Soft lips, open music box, grinded melody of skin and sweat, swallow ardent voices, ski warm and electric charge, the adrenaline I crave pounds in my veins. I'm high, I'm drunk on the look in your eyes, like you've kissed the sun, 
and soul abandoned in trembling corners. Follow me down, trailblazed and fire gasps, siren song luring you into what we shouldn't do, but we rush to commit. Your lace-gilded goddess with bewitching tongue riding triumph upon your skin, impelled to the edge dancing where my name is the only prayer your voice remembers. Spiral writing until nothing else remains. Theft of senses beyond the pleasure shock. To come, my darling, get lost in me. In peace. Mm. That was <laughs> that was a great piece. Thank you. Anytime, anytime I listen to something and it really just kind of tickles my brain, like that's that's a mark of, of good art. Something that can. Really I appreciate that. Sit you down, make you think, and make you experience something. The fact that you are able to weave all of these things with your erotica, with your, your non-erotica pieces, that's a mark of a good artist. Like, I, that is a huge compliment. Thank you. I like The way <laughs> I write, I, I definitely prefer abstract to, like, mm-hmm. concrete, like, I love when people can take their own meaning away from it, like other than just what I intended. So that's part uh-huh. of the thrill for me. I'm a, I'm a huge, I love to study human behavior. I want to know the whys and the what's and the, and the hows. And so like when people are like, Oh, I you know, took this away from it. I'm like, that's interesting. I'm like, why? You know? <laughs> oh. Perfect. Uh-huh. Anytime somebody can sit down and pull something from it, yeah. Like, if we're making people think, then we're doing our job. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Lola. Thank you so much for calling in, for sharing, and, and for directing people this way. Like, your name has come um, up quite I, a bit already. You're like still young. <laughs> right? Um, I am on um, Facebook under uh, – Full Collision by Lola Lawrence. Um, I have another page, my old page, which is uh, Stirring the Soul, but it's currently on the not recommended list because I'm a bad Facebook girl. Um, so they, uh, hence my new page. Um, and then uh, I'm on Instagram and TikTok under Lola Lawrence 0507. Perfect. Thank you so much for calling in, Lola. Thank you for listening put you on hold, okay. and I'm going to bring on our next caller. Next up, we have area code 903. 903, you are on the air. Hello, Christopher. This is Eric Shellman, the Word Monster. Rawr. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself, Eric? I'm doing good, man. We've got some, we got some uh, low-level uh, temperatures. I had 71 this uh, the past three days and a bunch of storms and keeping us cool, better than the hundreds mm. and high 90s. But yeah. besides that, I'm doing all right. I got uh, I'm on new meds and I'm still working okay. on my psychological issues too. And I went to <laughs> two behavioral um, places or uh, psych boards too. So I'll throw you on that. Okay. But I, I got uh this is brand new actually. I just finished it like like two seconds ago. So this is actually okay. a collaboration 
but I'll get to the end, at the end of that. That's how we do ours. So, uh, this is the prompts from uh, Gina Carilia, Black Widow. She found this prompt, and we do a lot of prompts together. This is like our tenth collaboration. So, eerie <laughs> echoes. Eerie echoes I hear as I wander while wandering throughout caves, staves, waves, siding, sliding, striding, and gliding steeply, deeply, peeply, and completely scaring, flaring, daring, glaring, flaring myself into a whiny, tiny, or teeny tiny, sorry, child quickly wanting, burning, concerning, returning, turning back home. Eerie echoes repeat in my trauma, traumatized mind, hearing them in a loop. Don't want them to be on rewind. Why does this still continue after such a long time? It's saddening, maddening, tragic loss, beating me up. What is the cost to stop the detrimental treatment? I don't want this to continue, yet it is out of my hands. I try to continue, maintain, sustain grasp what I can reach, teaching and preaching what I can, and beseeching what I cannot, hoping, coping, and moping about its never-ending torture, finding, binding, blinding ways, carrying, tearing, parrying them continuously, best, rest, behest, as we can, ban, plan, ran, and scan, waiting to be shown, what is coming next, hoping I'm not in a recycling hex, anticipating eerie echoes replaying into the unknown. That's in peace. That's written by Gina Carrillo, a.k.a. Black Widow, and Eric Shellman, the Word Monster. We just finished that like like two minutes ago. So we've been working on it for a minute. She's going to actually – I found some cool pictures. She likes to put them to uh, – she likes to put them on pictures, so. Okay. Oh, that was a good piece. You know, as I figured um, I'd share that. I've shared, uh, I'm pretty sure I've shared all of my collaborations with her. We actually did a book <laughs> that has 51 poets from around the world, and we had eight, our first eight or our first seven collaborations in it, too. So, and then wow. we did collaborations with other people in the book, too, so. That was pretty cool. Anyways, I figured I'd let you read something there. Here's something brand new. Uh, I got, okay. uh, we can go with this one, or, yeah, I guess we can go with this one. That's fine. All right, so this one is um, brand new, too. I'm probably going to reread it on my birthday, but that's fine. So it goes okay. in with the spooky stuff that we're doing now. All right, this is actually one of the prompts Nyla gave us, uh, like, a couple years ago. I just never had a chance to get to it. So I'll be doing another one, but it won't be the same thing. It'll be different. It'll be – let me read it. I'll tell you, tell you what I'm talking about. All right. It's Halloween night at the spooky, eerie, cursed open mic night where ghosts are booing and ooing as they enjoy roasting their hosts, impelling their heads on posts where werewolves are howling at, their, at the luminous full orange – Harvest Moon, as they fulfill their feigning, raining, deigning, raged, uncaged, unstaged, bloodthirsty wants, needs, and desires, where witches are casting their spells, hells, and wells, throwing in their eyes of newts, black bats, cats, and rats, 
eyes and tongues come uh, of, sorry, my bad. My first time reading it, so eyes, or hang on, yeah, ears and tongues of stomachs of cows and sows, legs of frogs, hearts and brains, virgin children, eyes of snakes, phallus and chalices of lambs, sheep, sheep, goats, concocting, conjuring, coercive, stewing, steaming, and beaming brews, where vampires are sucking the life out of their victims, spilling themselves full with blood, soaring and exploring nighttime's wanderers and holidays celebrators, where evil spirits are crossing over and trying to wreak, peak, and seek havoc, mayhem, and chaos, instead warded off by enchanted gargoyles and protective incantations, keeping them away and sending them back through Thinnisvale and back to where they came from, where ancestor spirit, ancestral spirits crossing over, enjoying and enduring their prepared parades, feasts, drinks, treats, communing, and conversing with their living relatives, where farmers reaping, heaping, and keeping their bountiful fall harvest from their previous sowing, towing, and plowing, where bonfires, campfires, and hearth fires are lit for warmth and to help ward, ward off unwanted energies where people dressed up as nightmarish monsters to trick evil spirits into thinking they were kin, where death is personified into a god and a goddess worshipped, praised, sang, and prayed to, where people dressed up in costumes going trick-or-treating for candy and sweets and souling, singing for soul cakes and sugar skulls. That's the piece. Hmm. Eric, I always enjoy the the pieces that you start weaving like history and folklore into it. Like sometimes I listen to your stuff just for like enjoyment, and sometimes I listen to it just to like yeah. Sometimes just learn something. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I like to put everything I can. You probably know Halloween was Christianized and even Catholicized. Mm-hmm. Um, Day of the Dead and Sal Wayne, and I'm sure there was way before that, too, that I don't even know. Um, I'm not trying to hate on the Catholic Church, but they did make All Souls Day and All Saints Day, and they did make Mm. that a version of Day of the Dead, and Day of the Dead is three days. Um, And then, of course, we Christianized, well, not we, (laughs) people Christianized into making Halloween. uh, Because I have, I actually read one of my Halloween poems in a in a church and an open mic night, and hmm. I had a few people. They were mad because, and I didn't say nothing bad. I just said like most of it was just me talking about my experience during Halloween. Like it wasn't casting mm-hmm. spells or nothing like that. It was just uh, you know doing the normal thing that you do during Halloween, and uh, like go trick or treating costumes and stuff like that as a kid. And uh, they were tripping because they thought that was demonic and devilish and it's pagan. And I'm like, it's a holiday, man. <laughs> I was like, you want to talk about pagan? Let's go ahead and talk about Christmas real quick, you know, and Easter. <laughs> you know, let's go ahead and dive into it, you know. They weren't like that, yeah. but 
But yeah, some people they just don't like it, and that's fine. <laughs> they don't have to. They think it's something else, man. But I do appreciate. It. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm going to be doing the names next. So uh, that was one prompt that Nyla gave us last week, actually. And then she gave us another prompt, and this time I'll have all the people, including yourself, um, I will have them all as characters, and each person's going to have a stanza. All right. All right. So basically each person will have a stanza. Um, One person won't because she said she doesn't like Halloween, so um, that's fine. I'm not trying to (laughs) force anything onto her, you know. Not everybody loves the not everybody loves the holiday. Not everybody loves you know every holiday. I don't love every holiday. I'm not gonna lie, but I do like to get into everything that I can. <laughs> you know, I do like to study what I write, mm-hmm. not just make belief. So, I definitely appreciate it. Thanks so much, Christopher. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having the show. Thanks for stepping in for Nyla as usual. Uh, of course. Thanks for everything you do for us. And uh, I do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. What's that? Before you run off, how are people oh, yeah, going to find you? Say, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm on <laughs> Facebook. My like page is Eric Shulman, the Word Monster uh, poetry page. And then I got a, a regular page. It's Eric Shulman, the Word Monster as well. Um, that's pretty much it right now. My I've had three Instagrams, and they're just continuously getting hacked. So I decided not to jump into that yet. So, oh yeah, you can find me on uh, allpoetry.com. It's Word Monster, and you can find me on Spill Words. It's Eric Shulman as well. So that's really where you can find me right now. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Uh, have a great weekend and have a great week ahead. And I'll talk to you guys next weekend or next week. Sorry, sorry, it's been a long day for me, man. <laughs> so. <laughs> No anyway, take care, Christopher. It, so it was much, nice Eric. talking to you. You're absolutely welcome. Have a great one. Um, Talk to you later. You Bye. too. Thank you. Next up, I see area code 832. 832, you are on the air. Hey, what up, Chris? Hey, I know that voice. How you doing, Soldier <laughs> Blue? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Actually, this is going to be uh, for me. Uh, this this piece here is going to be like a dress rehearsal for me because uh, coming okay. up on the ninth on the nineteenth uh, with the, the aid of uh, Zoom, I will be uh, in online fashion taking part in a reading uh, to my own people, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the Osage, and so because they had a. Uh, Coming up on a one-year anniversary of the easing that I uh, sub, uh, uh, submitted a piece to, and they accepted it, and uh, they got published in with them and everything. So now they want to have a live reading uh, and basically a bit of uh, question and answer as well. So I'm going nice. to you know, do that that piece and then this one here, and, <laughs> and we'll see how everybody how everybody likes me after that. <laughs> I'll break myself. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I can never gauge, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like I write the hardcore stuff, and I'm not trying to patty cake with anybody. So it's like, you know, some people, you know, 
they just have thin skins and they just can't, uh, they don't understand why I'm writing about it. And it's like, if I wasn't writing about it, who would? You know what I'm saying? That's, that, that's, that's where I'm coming from with it a lot of times, just because, you know, like I say, they, you know, they, these are things that need to be known. So this, uh, this work is uh, in one of the, for me, what I, call, I consider it to be the conversation. And I, it's always a juxtapose for me because, I mean, the, 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 the subject matter is so hardcore, um, you know, but it's like, it's like I really like the way that this, this work came out. And it's, just, it's hard for me to, to, to like reconcile both parts of that just because, you know, what it is talking about. And this, in, in, in that regard, it's the uh, MMIW, Missing Murdered Indigenous Women. Um, so it's, it goes into that, into that, uh, that conversation. There was a t- song tied to her ribcage. There was a song, sweet grass braided to the curvature of her bone. Wathon Thich. It was the song of who she was, burnt from her lips. She'd had a song tied to her ribcage. She couldn't remember when. She couldn't remember who. All she knew was they, that they were sacred. Smelled of cedar fronds and juniper sap. Called them sacred strangers. She called upon them as sacred beings of her earth. She took her shape from the smooth pulse of a deer's neck. Wintertime sleep can leave you sleek, wandering as she will within her body. Taken together, light and dark, she is Flambeau's child. Dagon Igake. Darkness, a shadow, shadows, the darkness that became her friend. Gedake. She had a ribbon of notes tied to the skeins of a crying wind. Her skin grieved the sounds of the singing rain. She wore the finger talon of a hawk given to a child. Smoke hides many things. Was she that child? Finger, talon, two parts of the same spirit. The same stars of night dreaming. Is there anyone to ask? We, when did she die? Was it last week? Last year? Time will answer itself. She thought it. Waters creating sound songs. Upon her skin, a rainbow of memory, 
תוכנית ושעות ואקס. The ancient minds of ancient signs, the direction of ancient south that has lain so still as to be invisible. Dust shrouds, sacred art forms of manifested breath, the charcoal lines, the gray signs of being born of another light. Where all was bright, not the dirge of what was left behind, as if scrap paper, papers folded over, tied to a yellowed ribcage, she has been missing for so long. Moonbeams and silvered starlight, dog star, strong there. Suspended in the sky, Shrongi Aga Gig, Sirius Canis Major, Twilight Gleaming, Evening Star, Watching Ega, Casting Curved as if an eye peering down from the other side of the harvest path. Masida Ujongi. Bones long parted from flesh, yet the song remains untouched, tied to her ribcage, to the curve of her familiar bone cap. Was she old when the world was new? Was this her first time here? Or was this time and tide revisited with a vision renewed? Another chance to complete the ride and dissonance of Oracle. Vitrumbe. I look upon you. There must have been a dance. She knows she liked to dance. There were times she thought of her grandmother, she who survived the boarding schools. Oh, yeah. She knew those stories, blood and bone. Gaki. She remembered a hopping crow. She saw once dust gathering on a sunset. It looked like he was hopping through sodden hoops of smoke and ash. The embers of fading light flowing fire bright through his wings. A mighty dream, grandmother, which I've said. Oh, yes, she remembered one dark night Even the clouds turned away their muttering, drumming thunderheads. Blood, song, and muted starlight, everything was crystal. A wash of water, rivers rippling life. Summer lightning blades flashed kindred. 
sparks fell from one earth to another while looking to the west. Mute Moha. Echo murmurs behind the aged photo face that says how long she'd been missing. Dying, she took the time to paint a smile on the song she kept tied to her ribcage. Red dress, crimson in the light that found her M-M-I-W missing, murdered indigenous women. She has become part of another gathering. One she was unprepared for, except for her song. Spirit clutching reach between that space and her bone. While you, slow rhymes of smoke, trotze, quiet grace of a gathering of the Galia. Ceremony, ceremonial dress, proper respect for all things sacred. When we bury her, she will shine. And we will shall sing as best we can that spirit song tied to her ribcage, that song tied to the curve of her bones. We are the ghost road born, and we are walking our way home. I can definitely see why you are happy with the way that that one turned out. That one... That one's pretty haunting. One lingers in your head. Yeah. yeah thank you, Christopher. I just, yeah, Very much like so. I, yeah, it's just one of those. Uh, it's one of those things. I've been writing on this uh, this conversation for. The last thirty years, mm-hmm. I'm not stopping now. Right. My sisters deserve better. I would say I would not be concerned at all about any of it coming across as palatable. It, it's not a palatable kind of of subject. It's not a palatable kind of event that's gone on. So it's real just to confront that with exactly the way that it is. You know, there's the the crime itself of of these women going missing, and then there's the added crime on top of it of how this gets buried and dismissed. So this is very much something that I think deserves outrage and frustration it deserves to have a spot
spotlight on the despair that has come with it because it has been ongoing for so long. And for it to be unsung. I, I knew uh, from the first time that I learned of it that this was going to be something that I was writing about for a long time. Because I know how the prevailing uh, feeling in law enforcement, uh, whether we're talking about Canada or whether we're talking about the United States, either one, I mean, that's where a lot of the more prevalent uh, uh, cases have been. And even amongst those, there's always the ones that don't get reported because people don't think that anyone's going to pay attention to it anyway. And so we have the, the statistics that basically come up on an average of percent and how many. Um, but it's no, I guarantee you, it's nowhere near the actual number. Uh, yeah. But I'm not, I wanted to just read that one because I think that deserves to be by itself. Uh, and you can find me and uh, uh, Rafe Wild at Facebook.com. And underneath in parentheses, it says Soldier Blue. And then you can also hear some of my work on my podcast, that's just Red Earth One. And if you keep the words separated, you'll get there a little quicker. And it's free, so, you know, just go ahead and take a listen, see what you think. And it's all good. And in the meantime, I'm also in the process of trying to learn some of the uh, technology and means of uh being able to record and put uh, post things onto Reverb Nation, which uh, if you when I once I get that further along, I'm going to be talking about it more, and that is under the name of Soldier Blue Blue. So I put it there just that way so that it's it's you know, recognizable to people. But those are the three places that you can find me and my work. Uh, thank you so much for calling in and sharing that with us tonight, Soldier Blue. Uh, Thank you, Chris, for being here. I appreciate you. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to go ahead and put you on hold then. I'm going to bring on our next caller. Next in line, I see area code 219. 219, you are on the air. Two one nine, are you there? Are you muted, perhaps? Okay. I'm going to put two one nine back on hold for now, and I'll try circling back around to them. So the next one I see is going to be area code four one nine. Four one nine, you are on the air. Hello. It is me, Rebel Jones. Hey, Rebel. How's it going, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Um, mm-hmm. I'm stuck between a few pieces. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to read tonight. I think I'll start with vomit. Okay. <clears throat> the haunting image in the mirror that I do stare at as it stares back. 
not showing quite as much fear as I'm feeling a twisted sickness in the pit of my guilty place of thoughts and memories. I race. Why does this dark cloud linger so long? The dark side of karma, damn, I fucking hate this. A blatant dissipation of happiness engulfed my days. The heavy drag of daily living makes minute-to-minute existence seems like someone stuffed weeks into days. How did this happen? However did things get this way? I already know the answer. I just don't feel like hearing if he said, because, see, that's validation to the reason I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. I need to give back to forgiving and release my secret feelings of hate so it's unchangeable people. I need to get back to healing. I'll say it again. Release my secret feelings of hate towards unchangeable people. I need to get back to healing. Growing and moving towards the fight that's worth fighting, man. I need the fire again to light the path back up out this cave that I've delved so far deep into. Seeking truth I'm not yet ready to see, let alone bleed ink with the ancients that speak from that deep. Peace. Man. Sometimes we just get these these nice little changes in tone from one reader to the next and it, it just hits me in, in all the right ways. Like this has been just a, a wonderful continuation of the night, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, Thank you. I got another one that I call the unquiet mind, the journey within. You see, in these dark times inside my troubled mind, I'm spiraling out of control, heading somewhere that I may never find my way back from. Madness? Perhaps, says I, you see, in these dark times, this is when you should let me go. Leave me alone to sort out my madness and settle my restless soul. I don't want to hurt you. Hold on, though. I'm not done yet. There's more to come. There's more to follow. This is not goodbye, but I'm just beginning to feel so hollow, and I must find myself once more. As I walk through the forest of the lost and confused, I meet pieces of me, troubled and fragmented, you know, eternally broken, internally broken and tortured. Wait, what's that voice attempting to thwart the path that I'm currently traveling? There's a deep depth of darkness fighting to reach the surface, and I'm not sure how much longer I can keep it buried before I'm just too weak and let go. I'm in my time of weakness. I could give in to my darkness, you know, submit to my demons and my own internal personal devil. No, 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 no. There's no need for such dramatics. Calm down and breathe. Look at life you lead and recognize your blessings. That's the rise to the greatness that is just in your grasp, you know, just in your reach. The world is yours. Yes, the world, yes, yes, the world is mine to mold how my intuitional vision shows me to see using this sight to mold myself into whom I am meant to be. Peace. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. I love that one. Um, Thank you. The, 
old rhythm of it and think that underlying punch of that encouragement like that really is just so important in people's lives. You talk about those doctrinal, it's about surrendering to your demons. Like those are the times when people need each other, need to have someone to talk about, yeah, this thing is just right there in your grasp. It can be done. It can be. It can be. I um I see myself as living proof every day because I suffer from all sorts of um um uh, mental health things like not just PTSD mm-hmm. from combat but I'm suffering from a lot of other mental health shit too so it's like mm-hmm. and I'm doing really well but I can also fall fall down on them pits where it doesn't matter how well I'm doing life is not worth living. You'll say it's such a up and down, man. That, like honestly, just just the fact that we are having more and more people, and especially more and more men, talk about their own mental health issues, I take that as such an amazing positive thing. Like it, it's Yo, a nice change of pace to have I people actually not shy away. I fought two tours of combat, and what I've succumbed to mental health and the shit that I've had to overcome mental health-wise, mm-hmm. far more stressful than combat ever was. Honest to God. Yeah. Being lost in your own dark and your own dark place and in your own head for long periods of time is truly, truly hell. Mm-hmm. And you need a big fucking shovel to dig your way up out there, shit. Yep. No, those are the times when you absolutely need other people, when you need to be able to share what's going on. Hanging on to that shit right. all by yourself, it is way too easy to just stay in the dark. That's why my pen is the way it is, though, because this is majority... This shit right here is what I talk about in my poetry, whether it's dark, scary stories. I always throw my mental health in there. Because I try to be transparent that way as a poet. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Rebel. Thank you. I am Rebel Jones. You can catch me on Facebook. Here is Rebel Jones. You can catch me on TikTok doing my um, spoken word pieces as Rebel Jones. You can find me on Poetizers, Rebel Jones. You can find me on YouTube doing my shit again. Um, poetry by Rebel P. Jones, Madman Productions. And you can find me with C Double 34 Music on Mixcloud and SoundCloud. Um, we got a lot of stuff um, on, on those two platforms, music-wise, with the poetry. And I feel like I'm forgetting something yet. You can find me here damn near every Thursday, even if I'm late. Oh, man. And I want to say thank you for waking up today, everybody, and and big blessings for all of y'all. Thank you so much, Rebel. Thank you. I'm going to go ahead and put you on hold and bring on our next caller. Um, So... 
I'm going to bring on area code 240, and then I'm going to circle back to area code 219. At this point in time, we've got a little bit over an hour left on the show before we start going into archive. So I just am going to say, like, this is probably a point where I'm going to have you guys reduce down to just one poem, two if we're doing short ones, haikus, things like that. But uh, let's try and get everybody a chance to, to read some of their stuff tonight. We currently have six other callers with their hands up. So if you do not have your hand up, and right now I only see one person on the lineup without their hand up, and that'd be area code 503, and you want to read, go ahead and press 1 just to raise your hand, and I'll go ahead and get you on as we work our way through the lineup. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on area code 240. Two four zero, you are on the air. Hello, how's it going? Yeah, you Not bad. Out. How you doing tonight? You doing fine. How's oh, I did not catch your name, Mr. Automatic Charismatic. <sighs> it has been a while. Yes, it has. How you doing, man? I'm I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Mm-hmm. Hang in there. Well, Mr. Automatic Charismatic, what do you have in store for all of us listeners tonight? All right, I'm going to do a freestyle called The Lost Village. Okay. Right now, I need you to go down into the South Africa and bring minerals here. A young nation needs you to make sure the people down there surrender everything they have. And you bring that. That is in order, General. You bring slaves here, too. Everybody brought in in bondage, mother, children, and their father grieving on the boats to a place that they've never seen. So those who have brought those things that they found in the village, they found everything they saw digging finding all times of minerals, anything that was worth something, brought it back to their own colonies. They come back. They are in this village that they've never seen. It wasn't even on the map. Most people that have come to this village never came out. The souls that have cried. The people that were denied for freedom. And the only thing that they could do is look in the mirror and look into their past. There goes the, the spirits that surround the lost village. They're looking at these people and they're really not people. And they ask this question, who are you? 
you are inferior to me. No, no, colonizer, I'm your past. You brought my people into bondage. You came to this lost village thinking that you'll find something. But in the end, you'll find nothing. I am ruler of this lost village. Many people have tried to find the riches from here. But you could have walked away. You bring my people back. No, I should not do that. I am in the higher command than you people. Okay. Your people will never leave this false village alive. We have suffered long enough. You do not listen. So you have to pay the price. The lost village was never found. The ones that tried to find it, they never lived. The lost village is the time that I tried to I speak our freedom. Our livelihood. We want to be able to smile again, but when we look into the enemy, the only remedy is to take you down with our spears. You have guns, but this time, your muskets will never be able to power a spirit that cannot die. And do you really think that we're people? No, we are spirits hunting your path. And anybody who comes to the lost village, you will not come out alive. No, you will feel the pain of my people who have went on your ships. And you realize you'll send the message. To anybody who come to Africa and think they will overpower us, we are the spirits that you thought you left behind and one of a kind. Yes, you came here. Now, you will never go back to your country alive again. This automatic charismatic lyrical entity gives in the morning by Brindra. Oh, man. You are just continuing this this awesome, <laughs> ongoing sensation of just amazing stuff tonight. Um, Thank you. <laughs> listening to that piece, like, I, I tend to think of all art as like a message that we're trying to convey to other people. Whenever I hear a piece that is exactly that, a message, communication between two people, like, I always just really kind of hang on to that. Like this is something to hang on to, a message not just between the two speakers in the piece, but for for generations to come. Like there are lessons to be learned that should not be forgotten. Thank you very All much. Right. I, I say, um, real quick, you find me at, I do uh, websites. If anybody ever need one, um, my website is www.vyperempire.wordpress.com. Uh, I am Larry Shepard, uh, Mr. Automatic Charismatic. My LLC is Mr. AZ Viper Vision. Um, 
I have a book, uh, Mercadon Formula 9132, to help people study. Uh, I just want people, you know, I may be going back to radio. I just want, you know, just think bigger than you ever thought before, you know. And when I uh, did a freestyle about the Lost Village, imagine you thought that you can come back and and steal more minerals and they thought they could get all that and they come up empty even with their life. I lost village. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for, for calling in tonight for for sharing your work and yeah. Just for keeping that message out there. All right. Thank you very much. All right. I'm gonna put you back on hold. And at this point, I'm going to try and circle back to area code 219. 219, you are on the air. How you doing? This is Brother Owen the line from East Chicago, Indiana. Holy moly. How you doing, Brother Oh, I haven't heard from you in a hot minute. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the first time you called me, I was a doze off. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Oh man, how you doing tonight, brother? Um, I'm good, doing good. Mhm. So, what you got in store for us tonight? This song is called "God's Vengeance Is Twice As Powerful Than My Revenge." I did, brothers and sisters, are you still struggling with the temptation and thought seeking revenge on people who mistreated, abused, took advantage of, used, and hurt you, or for an injustice that you, you have suffered? I know that this may come as a shock to you and thought of as an unconventional solution to a dilemma. God's vengeance is twice as powerful than your revenge. Instead of playing the role of judge, jury, and executioner, let God take care of that for you and allow him to repay you double for your troubles, repay you for every wrong that was committed against you, repay you for every rumor and lie that was spread about you, repay you for every dollar and cent that you either lost or was stolen from you, repay you for suffering from physical, sexual, and verbal abuse in your childhood, and repay you for those people through shoot, shade, and hand rail, you gives talents and anointings. My dear brothers and sisters, God has a unique way of eating up the score. Step by the way and let him handle it. Trust and believe me, the repayment that you'll receive is nothing compared to the amount of revenge that you could ever dish out on your enemies. As a matter of fact, you ain't got to lay your hands on that brother or sister who wronged you or hurt you. Because once God gets through with him or her, he or she will owe you in a great apology. The battle is already decided in your favor. God's anger wrath is a million more times powerful than your revenge. Romans chapter 12 and verse 19 declares, What is written is mine to avenge, and I repay, says the Lord. That brother and sister who thought that he or she was getting away with, with doing you wrong or hurting you is in for a rude awakening. My dear brothers and sisters, don't give in to the temptation for getting even. You'll suffer more pain and suffering than that brother or sister who hurt you. 
Give your desire for vengeance to God because his method of payback is much more efficient and greater than your get back. It's probably normally get angry for being a victim of an injustice that was committed against you. However, God give God your anger because he is a master get recompense. Hebrews chapter 10 and 30 declares, For we know him that he has said, Vengeance belongs unto me, and I shall recompense, says the Lord, for he shall judge his people. My dear brothers and sisters, God has a, a way of compensating you for all of your suffering at the hands of your oppressors and haters. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6 declares, It is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them who trouble you, a person with no remorse, compassion, love, or forgiveness in his or her heart will suffer a punishment that is even worse than death. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8 declares, the fearful, unbelieving, abominable, the murderers and whoremongers along with sorcerers, thieves, and liars, and all liars, idolaters, and child molesters, and other evildoers shall have their part in a lake which burns with brimstone. In other words, they will suffer a second death in the lake of fire. My dear brothers and sisters, never repay evil with evil and always overcome evil with good because good eventually prevails over evil. Before I end this poem, there's just one more scripture that I want to leave you with. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18 declares, you shall not avenge the whole or bear any grudges against the children of my people. Love your neighbor as you would love your own brother and sister in poem. Mm -hmm. Brother, oh, I always love just the the introspective nature of your works. I think you you get right down to it. The whole concept of revenge it's it's born of pain, but mm-hmm. those that achieve vengeance it, it does nothing to end it. That pain still exists. It still carries on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That is a never-ending cycle. Feeling pain and visiting pain on others. Right. I'm so grateful that you were able to call in because I haven't been able to hear some of your work in a while now. Um, Uh, Thank you. Brother O, how might people be able to find you and share some love your way? You'll find me on Facebook on Omar Brother O Gather and Instagram under the handle Brother O underscore the Living Miracle 1975. I'm a six-time National Sports Award winning artist, five for Overcoming the Year, one for this radio, radio show, Voice of Nine and Ten, and uh, also on Open Mic. Uh, also in on... Uh, Saturday night from 7 to 11 in Hammond, Indiana. So, so I just want to thank everybody for their support every week. Thank you. 
Thank you, brother. Oh, Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'm going to bring on our, our next caller. Thank you. So next up, I'm going to bring on area code 931. And just to throw it out there, I do see area codes 503 and 815 on the board, but I do not see your hands up. If you are hoping to read, please just hit one, and I will bring you on the air so that way we can hear from you. Now, I've got area code 931 coming up. 931, you are on the air. Hi there. My name is Sarah Jane Watts. Good evening, Sarah. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Um, my, just to go ahead and start out, you guys, some of them know me as Soul Fire Sentiments, and that's on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. But I'm mostly on TikTok. Okay. Yeah. So I got a poem for you tonight. And just, just to, I've never spoke with you before. I've only been on here a couple of times. And Jimmy Ray is the one who uh, talked me into it before. And then it's been, it's been quite a few months, just a lot going on. So I haven't participated since. That's okay. We are always here whenever you guys are ready to wander on back. (laughs) Good. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, So this piece is untitled still. Um, It just hasn't revealed its name to me quite yet um, because it's kind of fresh. Um, I'm kind of known for a lot of love, love stuff and uh, heartbreak stuff. This one kind of reflects on the past few months of just, like, life, just life events just kind of kicking my butt a little bit, you know. So it's a little something different. Um, Nobody's heard it yet. So untitled, there we go. Don't they know I don't have time to fit inside a nine-to-five? I have been far too busy just trying to survive. To keep my head above the water, no time to pay taxes, to pump gas and build castles. I have been too busy begging for love and fighting for life, healing and trying to understand time. Family history and doctor's notes, I detest all the paper trails, age, gender, race, and well, like the rings of a tree, let us just count the lines on my face. Cut me down for the story of me. Maybe take it up with God and argue about contrast, but I'm so exhausted of telling stories of the past that no one's perspective will let them see through to borrow compassion. Instead, they turn their head with sideways glances. I'm so done with giving away chances. I'm over the hustle-bustle, unquestioned traditions and impossibly tripled, double standards. I want to let it all fall down around me, on the ground to be a pile of rubble and dust, indistinguishable and gilded with rust. Want to dig a hole and bury the bones of a haunted past that refuses to let me belong, though not to the effect that now I actually could, but 
only to break the windows that I look in on from the outside, cut them into doors through which I will decide if and when I enter or reside. I am suffocating here in my own mind, trapped in someone else's program design, buried alive buried alive deep inside generational curses, name tags and designer bags, vanilla khakis, cookie cutter suburbs and SUVs, time clocks, wristwatch. I just want to be free, loudly and proudly, just me. Is it too much to ask that whoever she is, can we celebrate, elevate, and not continuously relegate Lost keys and forgotten treasures, I'm exhausted of living, only to wait to die for a forever that most likely does not exist. Let me be here and now, presently and imperfectly, the ideals of a renegade, but let me step easy amongst the computerized drone, the drones and conformists, lest they recognize that I have unplugged from their wires. Free to roam about, ignoring the scowls and frowns, I refuse to participate any further. A fallen clown who refused to juggle for the circus, I am but now a lonely jester without a court. Though free to roam about, I am lost in the matrix that surrounds. I sense the bounds and get so close but this greedy little matrix refuses to let me out. In poem. Holy shit. Miss <laughs> um, <laughs> Sarah Soulfire, that was freaking amazing. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was really that. nervous to read it. <laughs> It did not show at all. I think that piece perfectly captures that that trapped feeling that so much of the world is experiencing right now. We, we've got the confines of the nine-to-five of the typical day-to-day job of all the little stressors that pile on, of all the things that we're told that we should do that need to happen, and all of our daily responsibilities that it is almost as if there really is no time just to live. Yes. Yes. That that piece just really captures that whole sensation, that whole thought process. I'm so glad it landed. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Like I said, I'm used to doing love poetry, so, and heartbreak stuff. It's a little softer Mm -hmm. and a little more romantic, and so that was a little more... (laughs) Uh, expressive of, yeah, life. <laughs> no, that is perfect. Um, life, love, all of it, it, it's all part of the same whole. You know, there's going to be different reflections, different facets of life that just punch us in the gut and just scream, pay attention to me, write about me, share about me. And I, yeah. I think you absolutely caught hold of that one. Yay. I'm so glad. Thank you so much. I appreciate this platform. Absolutely. I know Nyla worked hard in order to establish it. And yeah, every now and then I like to remind her that she's human and should be able to go out and have a day to herself. So I'm glad she, she took the opportunity and that I could cover for her. Of course. Of course. That's wonderful. And it's so good that you're here to help her out with that. 
I'll do my very best. All right. <laughs> You're doing a great you job. Already did, mm-hmm. You already did share how people could find you, so I think I'm yeah. going to put you on hold. And just to throw it out there, I see next on our lineup with their hands up, area codes 346 and area codes 807. We have area code 503. 815 and 863 on the board, but your hands are not up. And this is going to be one of those moments where I'm going to play a track and very discreetly, but not so discreetly, try and use the bathroom in the meantime. <laughs> so I'm going to put on, let's see, who who have I not heard on Nyla's little playlist here? I, I want to play, hmm. Let's go with. Oh, I think I've heard this one. This one is Joe Kidd with Doorways. I'm thinking about doorways. It's crazy how many doorways we walk through in a day and in a lifetime. We walk through large, elaborate doorways, often to places of worship or places of commerce. We walk through small, inconspicuous doorways, perhaps to a child's playhouse or an animal shelter, hospital rooms, prison cells, offices, studios, bathrooms. All have unique doorways. Sometimes the doorways are in our heads, doorways to artistic inspiration, doorways to dreams, doorways to life and to death. When we walk through doorways, we leave an established existence to enter into the unforeseen. For no matter how we may imagine the other side, we can never be completely certain of where a doorway leads until we open it and walk through. There's one particular doorway that I walk through several times each month in Detroit. To get to it, I must park my Jeep in a structure and walk down the street, often past homeless people who are constantly asking for money. Last week, it happened that I was doing my usual routine when just as I was about to enter a doorway to a building that housed a small restaurant in the office where I had an appointment, I was approached a nice-looking man about my age, maybe younger, asked me if I could spare enough money for him to go into the restaurant to buy lunch. I told him I could not and proceeded past. As I got to the doorway, I decided to go back and give him some money. I quickly pulled out all the money in my pocket pushed it into his hand, and turned to go. 
he stopped me saying, Mister, all I asked you for was enough money for a sandwich. Overcome by that remark, all I could say was, Sorry, man, you want me to take some back? He said, No, but do you have time to have lunch with me? I couldn't believe what was happening. I thought, this must be some kind of a setup. In defense against trouble, although I did have time, I said, no, I must keep moving. Someone is waiting for me inside. I turned again, and as I got to the doorway, he said, hey, hey, mister. Would you have lunch with me some other time? I turned and said, well, if I ever get the opportunity, I will. He said, okay, thanks. That was it. As I got to that doorway for the last time, I decided that it might be interesting to see what this guy was really like. So I turned, saying, wait a minute. And he was gone. Vanished in an instant. Disappeared into thin air. I had the chance to walk through a doorway, and I blew it. Hmm. I've not heard that one before. That was Joe Kidd with Doorways. All right. So I see area code 346. I hope you are ready and weren't uh, caught off guard by this. 346, you are on the air. Good evening, Christopher. I recognize that voice. It is Emilia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen. How are you doing, Amelia? I am fabulous. Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, it has been a good while since I have heard that. Yes, and Monday was my birthday, so I'm another year older as well. I don't know if I'm wiser, Happy but I'm older. <laughs> huh? Happy birthday to you. So you messed me up because I had two that fit in with each other, and you said we cut them back to one. So, uh... I'm going to go ahead and give you an opportunity to do two. Like, I think some of the others that I have in my lineup kind of disappeared. I've got you and three others and and two more that have yet to raise their hand. So I think you guys might have enough time to do two. Okay. So October isn't just Halloween. It's... uh, Mm -hmm. 
also domestic violence awareness and uh, breast cancer awareness. So mm-hmm. with that said, um, here we go. Called The Storm. There she lays sound asleep. Ice water splashes across her face. Shocked awake as she begins to sit up, fists fly into her face. Over and over again, her mind fills with terror. Her mind keeps asking the question over and over again, why? Then hands curl around her neck. They begin to both choke her and bounce her head against the wall. In her mind, she knows her head cannot continue to endure the impact it is taking. She stiffens her neck, which takes the force from the blows. Then he stops that. He walks through the house, pulling out the phone, all along saying, "Um, I am making sure you cannot call the police. I will call, I will kill you if you ever try. The attack is over for this night, this time. Tomorrow's filled with heartfelt, I'm sorry, I love you, and I will never do it again. She asks herself, how long will she believe him? Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen. And the next one um, is called When Will It End? Please, someone tell me exactly when will domestic violence end? Just when will a cure for breast cancer be developed? How many women's lives must end at the hands of a loved one before we say as a society, never again? Just when will breast cancer become a reality of the past? How long before a cure is developed? We as a society are losing very valuable lives both of these killers. 42,000 women and 500 men die every year from breast cancer. Yes, men get breast cancer too. 4,000 women die each year from domestic violence although the numbers may be much higher due to non-reporting, and men die as well, but they rarely report due to being ashamed. Those numbers are are extremely high. We must find a cure for both. Just to, to survive is an amazing achievement. Love, real love is the key. If it was your family member being affected, 
wouldn't you want to help? We need everyone to stand up and be counted in the fight for breast cancer to be a part of the past as well as domestic violence, coward to assault a female. It is truly apathy when breast cancer doesn't have a cure. More investors need to give additional money to breast cancer research and to fight against domestic violence. More awareness needs to take place along with building more shelters and job training for women that have suffered domestic violence. We need the kings to stand up and be counted. A strong message from the male population would assist both of these worthy causes. I personally, as many already know, am a survivor and have come much throughout my life. I have had a dear sweet friend who died because of breast cancer, and I've known many who have overcome domestic abuse. I'm begging y'all in this month of October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness and Domestic Violence Awareness, and Prevention Month to speak out, speak up, lend a helping hand to these devastating experiences of females across the world. When will these horrible circumstances end? Please, please, let's keep all in prayer. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is some really heavy-hitting stuff. Um, there, There's really no other way to, to look at the idea of domestic violence. That is torture. Um It, okay, yeah. it it does not really matter the whole I'm sorry, it'll never happen again. Like it, it is it is a story because that it does. keeps getting told over and over and over again. Yeah, There's that little bit does. of hope and it gets it gets yanked away constantly because it does happen again and again. Um I'm going to take a minute. I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, If you know somebody, if you yourself are are experiencing, you have suspicions of of domestic violence, please reach out. Please speak up. There is a a national domestic violence hotline. That number is 800-799-7233. Yeah. People that are experiencing domestic violence need help and sometimes are not in a position to help themselves. So, yeah, thank you. 
very much just for, for shedding some light on this. It's been my pleasure, and the reason why I wanted to do the two is the first one, um, I think you already know, is mm-hmm. an actualist from my past. And uh, what you don't know is I ended up having to have surgery on the neck because of the damage, and it has affected my arm. Um, mm-hmm. So it only took one instance for me to be suffering as I am now and a second one to damage my entire spine that is collapsing. My entire spine from the base of my skull to my tailbone is collapsing. And why? Because a man who said he loved me abused me. And that is only one instance the neck, how it, the trauma happened to the neck. So, yes, please do. If you know somebody, reach out to the domestic violence hotline. They will be able to guide you to assist your friend. Or if you are, um, it is all confidential, and um, they will certainly help you. Thank you so much, Christopher. God bless you. And it's been great hearing your voice. It has been a pleasure being able to hear from you, Amelia. Uh, Thank you so much for calling in tonight, for for sharing those pieces, and just for being who you are. Thank you. Um, Before you go. You can find me on Facebook or any other social platform. You can also Google me. It's Emilia, E-M-I-L-I-A, D-A-V-I-S, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen. And you can find me here just about every Thursday night with Nyla and occasionally Christopher. <laughs> There is a lot of truth to that. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Amelia. Thank you again just for, for being who you are, for calling in tonight, for, for sharing yourself with the world. Uh, all right. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to bring on our next caller. Next up, we have area code 807. 807, you are on the air. Hello, Christopher. I just think it's been a while since I've uh, spoken to you, but I think you were on maybe about half a month ago or so uh, that you were co-hosting with Nyla. Yep, something like that, yeah. It is, of course, this Robbie. And <laughs> I always, I, I used to call myself, like, you know, Robbie, baby, dark poet of a more. And, of course, for this Halloween month, I'm uh, going to, into the darks. I'm going to the dark side. Yes, I am of poetry. <laughs> I uh, I do the same thing as Jimmy there. Uh, I have a, my own little smorgasbord of dark poetry all all uh, all month of uh, October. So it's uh, something I have 
great fun with. And this month, this year, I've decided to write on the horrors of space because this, this space fascinates me overall. But one of the things I've been realizing lately and that I wanted to write on was like how space is like both the most beautiful and the most terrifying thing. You know, you have like all these beautiful looking vistas of planets and stars and that. And but then you have a, a magnetar that can literally wipe your credit card from 5,000 light years away. And if you're too close mm. to it, you won't even be killed. You'll be ripped into your constituent atoms. <laughs> now that's terrifying. <laughs> Just imagine <Sounds> being. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, my credit card is wiped away. Uh, oh, how how far where, away were you from that thing? Oh, 5,000 light years away. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so I wrote this Space Station 7. I did, it just popped into my head Space Station 9. I think it was maybe the influence of Deep Space Nine. So I renamed it Space Station 7 because I thought it, was, it would sound a little too much like, oh, I'm talk, I might be talking about Deep Space Nine. Uh, which isn't what my intention is. Uh, so I'm going to just explain something about the poem afterwards. Okay, so here we go. Okay. Never explore an abandoned space station. These words trickled through my subconscious as I stepped into the pitch black corridor with dread. What catastrophe occurred here? What cataclysm befell this steel shell floating in space? sheltering life in its eternal night. There was no sheltering of life here, alas, for everything was dead. Every body, every instrument panel, every mechanism frozen to dead silence. All was silent and still, except for the pulsar pulsing furiously in the viewport. Its cold, harsh light pulsating into the eternal night of space. It seems suicide to build a station in space here, so close to a pulsing death death machine, hanging like a menacing orb in the void of space. And it was suicide for me to be here, trying to surmise what took place on this space station. What took this space station by surprise, wiping out all life. I creeped down cold, dark corridors, surveying all before me, trying to access information from the station's onboard intelligence. Station, what happened here? All crew dead. Deaths unaccounted for was the cold response. Over and over and over again. No matter where I went, as if the station's computer had gone insane. My primal fears gripped me as I see, as I saw menace around every dark corner in the sparse number of shadows in this darkened station of death. My fears are verified as I hear something rushing towards me. Organic, technological, it does not matter. For in a few seconds, I am dead. And in my last moments, those words play once more in my mind. Never 
search an abandoned space station. My body, now slumped to the floor, bisected in half. And that is Space Station 7. Mm. That one kind of just ran away on me. (laughs) (laughs) I, I honestly did not intend from the main character to be cut in half at the end of the poem, but it just, it just went there. <laughs> and so that whole lament of being, uh, of never, never, aban- sorry, never explore an abandoned space station. It's, I, I saw that somewhere recently and I was thinking about it myself, like how many uh, sci-fi movies start with, uh, oh, something happened on the space station. We better check it out. And then everything goes to hell. And there's like this uh, one clip from uh, a, a sci-fi from the 1990s, uh, Event Horizon, where they're exploring a black hole and Lawrence Fishburne mm-hmm. delivers the most sensible line in a horror that's ever been said. He says, they, hear, they play this playback of uh, the events, you know, from another ship. And you hear just all this horrible screaming and that, and it just goes, we're leaving. <laughs> that is the most sensible thing any character has ever said, anybody has ever said in any horror movie ever. <laughs> and they're like, oh, let's hang around and figure out what's happening. Let's stay long enough so we can get picked up one by one as we explore everything by ourselves with nobody to co- <laughs> nobody to accompany us. Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw Event Horizon maybe, gosh, twenty, twenty-five years ago. It's been a while, and, and it <laughs> still sticks with me. Um, the whole concept of of space in general just seems to hit all those potential horror and phobia buttons all at once. Like there's just so much out there that really can just be absolutely terrifying. It encompasses the dark, it encompasses megalophobia, it encompasses just that fear of the unknown. Like, <laughs> you want to make a good horror movie, space is a, is not a bad direction to start. <laughs> no, not at all. And uh, it's just, and like, yeah, like you say, it's just everything. It's just everything about it. And that's the thing is like, I keep hearing like, you know, space is just like the most utterly hostile environment you can imagine, eh? It's just just so many things that go against the human body, and and you have uh, like astronauts that go up in space, and even with all the protection they have, we find they're finding now that all the astronauts that came back, like from Apollo and all that, that their, their eyesight is just going to hell. Like they yep. started with twenty twenty vision, and now all their eyesight is shit. <laughs> And uh, there's just so many things that we don't know about that we have to figure out if we want to go up into the stars. And and uh, and that's the thing is it's one of those things like there's a lot of people that love space, like they're interested, fascinated by that. But they say the same thing as me. It's like, well, if you had the opportunity, would you go up there? But like, nope, nope. <laughs> Unless we have Star Trek levels of technology, I am not going up there. <laughs> Oh man, there there is just all kinds of yeah, like 
<laughs> psychological terror up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if something goes wrong, you're you're pretty far away from any potential help. So um, yeah. good luck to you. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's actually, that reminds me of this. Yeah, it's something to write about, actually. They had one person for, for something like five minutes, he was the most isolated human being in the history of the Earth. And I think it was just one, I think it was during one of the earlier moon missions. And, like, he was far away from both, like, he was, I think he was in between the Earth and the moon. So, like, he was far away from both. And he didn't have mm-hmm. communication with either. So he was just, he was alone, 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 alone. He just, mm-hmm. just that, that, to be that isolated would be just like, you really would have to be the best of the best of humanity to be able to withstand that. Just to even know, like, you know, you know okay, in a few hours, okay, they're going to be communicating with me again and that. But just for that, even for like, say, 15 minutes, just to know, that you're not close to anything and you're not able to communicate with anybody. It's just like, ooh, nope. <laughs> oh, I read something online. I don't know how true it is just because it is one of those mm-hmm. online things where, like, there was yeah. this potential plan that if they, if something went wrong on that mm-hmm. first manned mission to the moon, that NASA was going to cease all communication and basically oh. leave them there to die alone. Mm-hmm. Like that just sounds all kinds of horrifying to me. Yeah. The things like that, I find a lot of times there's like a, I think that a lot of times there's a kernel of truth and it's just magnified or there's elements of one truth here and one truth there and it all just gets, Frankenstein's into something else, and I think there's usually little bits of bits of truth here and there. But to know what part is true and what part isn't, and what part is just exaggerated, is is an uh, almost impossible task. So <laughs> and the sometimes last I, I feel like it's it's just much better off. Like I don't really want to know the truth. <laughs> so yeah, ignorance really is bliss. And yeah, the the last thing I'll say is like. I heard one time, I really want to know if this, it's likely that it isn't, but I would really want to know if this is true. But apparently during one of the moon's, moon missions, they intercepted a signal and it was aliens. And they said, we receive you. We hear you loud and clear. And the aliens said, we weren't talking to you. <laughs> it's, can you just imagine if that actually happened? So, oh, it's, it would be like a high school, high school scenario almost. We weren't talking to you. Go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the oh, ultimate man. scenario. <laughs> anyway, right. on that note, on the ending on the note of, I went from horror to like Valley Girl uh, aliens. <laughs> we weren't talking to you. Go away. <laughs> uh, Robbie's multimedia poetry. There's <laughs> a moment in of itself, right? Uh, Robbie's Multimedia Poetry, and I'm on Facebook under that name, and you can find everything else that I'm attached to uh, poetry-wise, photography-wise, and all that kind of stuff. So. All right, Robbie. Thank you so much for calling in, for sharing. Yeah. 
My pleasure. We will see you next time. Yep. I'm going to put you on hold. And I'm going to bring on our next caller, area code 863, which should be Miss Noreen Snyder. But I'm going to let that one hang in the air and give Noreen a chance to get to her phone and get ready before I actually turn that line live. And just to throw it out there, next up on the lineup, I have area code 863. The last hand that I see raised is area code 614. Still see area codes 503 and 815 on the board, but do not have your hands up. If you guys are interested in reading, please press 1, and uh, I will bring you on the air. Make sure you get a chance to read before I end up wrapping up the show for the evening. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on area code 863. 863, you are on the air. Um, um, hello, Christopher. Hey, good morning. Yes, as good as okay. I'm doing really good. Um, I, I get to get I get to go out now, and um, I I'm in a program called Papa Papa, and I would recommend it to anybody. And and they gave me a new leaf on life, and I I met it. I have a new friend now. Her name is Christine, and I get to go out. We've been uh, you know I get 60 hours a year with Papa Pal. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a good time. So I get to go. To, to, um, I've been to the coffee shop with, but she took me to the coffee shop, and um, and they stayed. With, she stayed with me too, and she's my preferred um, Papa pal. Um, we get along real well. I get to go shopping. I get to go visit my my best friend in the nursing home who was living down the road here, and I get to go to um, even to Wawa. Now, I love that place now. And, you know, I get to do a lot of things. I get to do a lot of things. So, and you know, and it's, I really enjoy it. That is wonderful. Yes. So glad to get it in there. Yes. Okay. And um, t- t- tonight I'm going to read um, Gary's poem called um, Laws of Life Erosion Like Me. There is a good time when there's no lid on a good and full trash can. I am a lonesome coyote. I lost my hunting ground. I hunt all through the trash cans in this town. My mate is nowhere around. She can't find a private hole in the ground. My heart is broken. Someone has taken my hunting ground. I can't live the way I was born. I lost my mate. I might as well be dead. I may roam the rest of my life in the alleys of this town. I may never find for me a hole in the ground. The end. And that was by Gary. I love that piece. I love all his poetry. Okay. All right, Mister Ring. Okay, and then for me, I'm gonna read um 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 this one I, re- I read on the um hundred thousand posts for change last Saturday. 
Um, this is called Michael. This is dedicated to Michael Rothenberg. Okay, Michael Rothenberg. Michael Rothenberg represents peace, justice, and sustainability. He represents change, not just locally, but for the world. His voice is powerful. Listen to him and his poetry. It speaks volumes. He deserves our special attention for he and Terry Carrion wanted to see change, and together they organized 100,000 poets for change. He left a legacy that will go down in, a, in history. He won't be forgotten. Let's give a shout-out to Michael Rothenberg. The end. Sorry, that, that is just so beautiful. I love the things like that. Okay, um, thank just, you. The fact that you, you are going out of your way and lifting up someone else, I think that is exactly what humanity needs. Oh, thank you. How might people be able to find you? Share some of your way. Okay, um, you can find us on. You can find all of our books on Amazon.com, and you can find us on um on our official website, um Gary and Noreen Snyder. dot dot com front slash uh poetry, and you can find um. Uh, Gary on ReverbNation.com, Facebook.com, and PoetryPoem.com. And you can find me on um, ReverbNation.com, PoetryPoem.com, um, Facebook.com. And you can find us on um, Copy, KO-FI.com, front slash Gary and Noreen. And um, I have new stuff up there now. Like, um, I already have three orders, um, Christmas cards, pack of um, 20 for $40. And um, I'm getting good reviews on it. And um, I did labels. I haven't put on Kopi. So I did, I just did um, 400 labels, and I just noted it out today. I had an order for that. And I also do business cards, and I had an order for that today. And I just sent it, I mean, I already sent it out today. So I have a regular customer who wants that. So, uh, and, um, and then you can, um, and then, um, you can find, um, Gary and I right here every Thursday night. Oh, and then you can find us on, um, um, the Portrait Club Saturday night show this coming Saturday at 5 o'clock. And, and um and we're doing the um raffle drawing this coming Saturday. And also you can find us um um have a have a chat with poet Noreen, um and Daryl oh Daryl Helen Jack will be the guest on October the twenty third at um seven o'clock central, eight o'clock Eastern time. I couldn't hear you. 
I was just sharing my love for you. Okay, thank just you. Discussion over all things, Gary and Lily. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to put you on hold, Marine. Okay. Okay. The last caller with their hand up is going to be area code 614. I still see area codes 503 and 815, so this is the last chance to raise your hand if you are still hoping to read. Area code 614, you are on the air. Hello. Hi. Hello. Who might I be speaking with? Um, my name is Mai Tai. Hmm. Um, this is like my third time on here. I didn't know if I was early enough. You are just on time. What have you got in store for us this evening? Um, I'm a poet, so I got a. I don't. Um, how many pieces can I share? Um, you are our last caller for the evening, so. You basically have the entire audience at your whim right now. I'm going to let you decide. Okay. Um, I can share. There's three fine. And the one I first got on here, I shared three. I don't want to take okay. too much time. Um, That's okay. I have okay. Um, I'll start. And I'm just picking at random. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. on with these people. Um, the represents for mental health. Uh, and it's tighter. I'm okay. Mm. I'm okay. My leg is not broken. So I'm okay. I don't have cancer or sickle cell. So I'm all well. My eyes not black and my skin doesn't have not one open scrape or scratch, so I'm okay. Even though my mind is working my brain overtime and I hide the tears that creep from my eyes, but I'm okay. I'm not bleeding. Just imaginations of ODing, but I'm okay. I don't think people understand that the mind is in a safe space. But I'm okay because there's nothing physically wrong with me. And you can't see that I'm hurting, so that means I'm okay. And you know, people are going through worse things, so even though I'm going through it mentally, I'm okay because someone got into a car accident today. Though negative thoughts hit like crashing waves, I'm okay because I woke up today and someone didn't. And as long as I'm alive and my kidneys haven't failed and my brain hasn't swelled from all the hell it puts me through, I'm okay. Even though the truth is, I'll never be okay. I just say that shit to get out your way. It's okay, my other voices say. It's okay, you get to overthink another day. It's okay to let your thoughts come out and play. It's okay. You're okay. I'm okay. Peace. Oh. Um, I don't know if you want to uh, get feedback first. <laughs> I, I I think 
This one, yeah, absolutely. Um, that piece hits home in a, in a very personal kind of way. Like, I work in mental health. I hear that that sentiment repeated over and over again. And, yeah, people want to throw it out there. This is not the worst thing that I've been through. There is worse stuff going on in the world. Even if there is truth to that, it, it does not help to minimize our own experiences. Pain is pain. There, There is no gatekeeping suffering. The fact that, that people are starting to get more comfortable with vocalizing what's going on with themselves internally helps to diminish that knee-jerk reaction that so many of us do have to minimize our own experience, to ignore it. So I'm very happy that you shared that piece. I'm glad that you felt comfortable enough to actually put pen to paper and make that thing into reality. Yeah, um, I'm okay is one of my favorite things to say. (laughs) It's just Mm -hmm. easier. Some people, you just Mm -hmm. um, never know people going through. Other people might be going through things and they may not be able to handle what you're going through. So people ask me how I'm doing and just say I'm okay because I tell them how I really feel. They might not be able to handle it. So I don't put that on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so this next piece I have um, is titled Bad Boys to Men. Hmm. Uh, and I hope there's someone out here that um, I feel like there is uh, someone who needs to hear something like this. So anytime I read it, because I feel like I need to read it. Uh, So it goes, Now, ladies, at some point we all fell for a bad boy or a guy with bad boy tendencies, right? Now, what happens when that bad boy turns into a bad man and he starts doing things you can't stand, like a strike to the face, his fist will land? What about when he stopped coming home on time because another woman is preoccupying his mind? Then he makes you spend your last dime because you don't work yet. You always on your grind. Ladies, stop enabling bad behavior. You let your man get out of control and look for someone to save you. No, I'm not saying it's all your fault, but if you support bad habits, then this is the result. Plus, you always answer when he calls. Having a man is not that serious. Yeah, he might do things that makes you delirious, but stand up now. That boy ain't going to do nothing but bring you down. Or you can continue to get ran over like you snow when he a plow. You can find a new man. Dick ain't going out of style. I'm saying, sis, if it's toxic, you got to bounce. Ladies, you got to love yourself first. Because a man that don't love himself going to only do you dirt. In order to feel like a man, he going to put you down when he can. The only time he lends a hand is when he's trying to get in your pants. And that's how he gets you back. He put a beating up on that cat. Since you, since you really fell for the trap, this shit be really sad. I be glad when women stop tolerating bullshit for love. 
especially when you're just stuck in a realm of lust. Being alone sometimes is a must. Sometimes you just got to know who to trust. Ladies, leave these bad boys alone because they turn into bad men when they're grown. Or you can continue to enable it, enable it if you want. Just know if you're in danger, you just might be on your own. Peace. That was another really good heavy-hitting piece. Um, and, yeah, I would agree with you. There are absolutely people that need to hear a piece like that. Sure. Um, I'll do one more. Okay. Um. And I know it's getting late. I know it came a little late. I, I just had it. Um. And this one, I hope don't like take any offense to it. This one is it's for all men, but I did put black king in it because I'm I'm a black queen, so I'm speaking to I'm speaking to all men, but yeah. Just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it really is an interactive piece, but I don't always do the interactive part. So um, usually, I have yeah. the women repeat the first two lines after me. But um, it, yeah, um, and again, it's called "We Love You, King," or "We Love You, Black King." We love you, Black King. I said, "We love you, Black King." So why y'all don't want to love us? Why all the time y'all just want to fuck? Why y'all make it so hard for us to trust? Why put us down when we try to lift you up? Call us bitches, hoes, and dirty sluts? Y'all put us in a place of peasants. Swear up and down we hate y'all, but we never said it. Whoever hurts you, boo, we never did it to you. Y'all mad at us for not being a weak one. Y'all want to hit us in the face every time we speak up. Even have a controlling way to please us. Some of y'all get off on exposing us for doing the same thing y'all do to control us. And no, we're not trying to be like you, but getting your attention is what we're trying to do. And yes, you got your shit too. And we be trying to help you get through, but you don't let us. You ignore us and forget us, crying out for our kings, but you ain't trying to hear it if we say we don't need a man, but then you call us bitter. And yes, I know that can be a trigger, but really, King, we need you for something more bigger. Black queens, stop treating black kings like they're a villain. They know we're stronger together. Of course, they're trying to separate us by tricking the kings out of our home. We'll feed you and the kids, but the king cannot be there on his throne. That don't seem quite fair. They don't want you home. Black king, there's value in your crown. But please, please stop putting a black woman down. If it does not apply to you, then please don't apply. But I'm certain all of us know a similar guy. But again, we love you, Black King. Peace. Man, you you came out swinging with all your pieces tonight. Um, just listening to that one, it it's home in a, in a terrible kind of way. Like there are so many cultures within cultures, issues on top of issues. Mm-hmm. We should be able to love and support each other. So any mm-hmm. division within ourselves, within our own communities, within our homes, within our loved ones, that it's not 
just unnecessary, but it, it causes those fractures that just linger. Can I do one more piece? <laughs> I, I was only going to do that. <laughs> Just one more. And okay. <laughs> Um, I was trying not to do this piece, but I always just want to share this piece. Um, it's my most recent piece that I finished. Um, and it's called Emotional. He called me emotional. He said, I was always in my feelings. Do some healing. I agree. Then I said, I'm not in my feelings. My feelings are in me, and I'm not sorry. I haven't learned how to express them properly because just like you growing up, I had to suppress them oftenly. He called me emotional. He said, my tie, you always think with your feelings. Why can't you think logically? I said, truth be told, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I turn my feelings into thoughts, so sometimes I speak what I think. I'm not Sorry, the love I have for you makes me express in ways you don't know how to. I get it. You weren't allowed to. So what? I'm emotional. I'm emotional because I react to how people make me feel. If you make me sad, I'm going to cry. If you make me mad, I want to fight. And if you make me horny, well, then I'm on that type of time. See, emotions are the reactions to someone else's actions or something that had happened. My feelings are too strong. I can't retract them. He called me emotional. He said, why can't you control them, though? He said, I'm sad all the time. You don't see my tears swelling up. I said, that's why, That's because you don't love yourself well enough. Thinking crying will make you mad enough. You need to toughen up. Let them tears fall. I'm emotional. I can't help it, though, because I was never taught not to take things so personal. Never learned how to handle people hurting me so purposeful. Can't stop crying because I can't handle when someone made me so worthless. And I drop a tear when God told me I'm worthy and I have a purpose. I cry when I realize Jesus is by my side. He called me emotional because I'm mad, because I'm pissed off. And if he can't consider my emotions, well, that's his law. See, we were all raised in a generation that told us not to be soft. When we got hit, we couldn't cry. And the only time we could cry is if someone died. Not allowed to be pissed when someone's spreading lies. Remember, Emotions are the reactions to someone else's actions or something that had happened. He called me emotional because I was so happy I started crying. And if I said it didn't piss me off, I'd be lying because, damn, I'm trying to think with logic. And my logic is telling me that hiding my emotions are toxic. He said, I got it. It's a woman's logic. I said, no, that's human's logic. Because whatever you hold inside will tear you down until you want to die. And instead of planning your funeral, I'd rather see you cry. So release those tears and you will feel more alive. So, yes, I'm emotional. And I'll drop enough tears to fill an ocean up if it means I get to open up. So instead of suicide, I'd rather cry. Peace and blessings, y'all. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff on, on mental health just always do. I love hearing it. I love hearing people just being real. All 
too often we, we get told about, yeah, hide your emotions, hide your thoughts, hide your feelings, don't make yourself vulnerable. The fact that we sit around and hurt each other so much where that is such a prevalent mentality is such a sad fact of the world. I think the only way that people are ever really going to turn things around is to, yeah, start talking, start exposing some of that that truth that we try so hard to hide away. My time, thank you so much for calling in, for, for sharing all of those wonderful pieces and for, for helping us to close out the show tonight. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to share. Absolutely. Um, before you go, how can people find you? <laughs> share some feedback, share some love. Um, so you can follow my Instagram, um, which is my MAI Poets ninety six. Um I have TikTok that I post on um uh, is which is just my poets. Um and then I have my YouTube um which is sorry is my poets as well. I change it sometimes so I just had to make sure. So everything is my poets. My my Instagram is just my poets ninety six and um I actually learned about this podcast through Clubhouse. Um mm-hmm. so um if you guys have Clubhouse you can on there as my poets as well. Um so pretty much all my social media is my poets. Instagram is just my poets ninety six. And um yeah, I usually upload a video once a week or something like that. I try to at least. Thank you so much for stopping by for, for sharing your work with everybody tonight, my time. And thank you for having me. Everybody have a blessed day. Have a blessed weekend. Oh, blessed night. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put you on hold. And it looks mm-hmm. like we finally got area code 815 to raise their hand. 815, you are on the air. 815, are you there? Outside. No, I was outside, and this is Gina Storm. Hello. Um, the only oh, reason that I couldn't participate was because uh, I didn't know if you were going to be able to hear me because I was outdoors. But I knew uh, as soon as I got in the house, I should raise my hand, so I did. <laughs> I'm glad you made it. Me too. Yay! <laughs> How are you doing, Gina? It's been a little bit. Happy, usually high like I am tonight. Um, happy mm-hmm. Thursday, a.k.a. Friday Eve. I'm just out here being me. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Miss Gina, what do you got in store for us? How can you help us wrap up this wonderful evening? All right, all right. Um, so I did a piece on a mic earlier, and I also did a piece for my mom. I'm going to do the piece that I wrote for my mother. Um, okay. If I have time, I'll do the other. Okay. So um, I, 
I'm trying to find it. That's the problem with not freestyling. I have to actually find the piece. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how y'all do this. This is a lot. Like, what? Let me find my piece and pull it up? I'd be like, nah, I can't do that. Let me just go off the dome because this is too much. So I'm trying not to be overwhelmed by the fact that I'm going down the timeline on my own Facebook and I can't find the piece. Ah, there it is. Better roll for my mommy. Hard. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me, um, you know, tie myself to the chair. I titled this piece, No Comparison. I wrote it for my mother in October of 2011. Comparison to mommy. There's no comparison to my dear heart. She's my mother, a lovely and regal, outspoken, honest, caring, and kind woman. She is wonderful, and she's my mommy, delicate as butterfly wings, yet strong as steel, and that's real. See, she's my voice of reason and our family occasion season. My heart hurts when she's in pain and when she fell down. On another occasion, I called those closest to me, my oldest niece and my daughter, to get my mother off the floor immediately because I knew that between me and second mom, we couldn't do it. Neither of us were that strong, but they did. I have to tell you something about me and she. While she was in pain and lying on the floor waiting for help to arrive, my hands instantly went to hers. She's the other half of me. Really, part of the DNA that made me a possibility. And our bond is magnetic. No sacrifice would be too much if she asked it. I'm her only daughter. She's my best friend. The difficulties I put her through in my youth are being made up for now. The adult me can't even comprehend how I could be like that to the mother that birthed us. See, I was her most difficult birth. She had me first. I came out breached. And for those of y'all that don't understand the math, that is first, not my head, but my feet. So she had to get in the piece out of me. You know what that is? It's like um, uh, an incision from your smile to your appetite. And you are bedridden for longer than just six weeks after that child is born. So if there was ever going to be a difficulty. She was me, and all I can thank my mom for is the fact that as I age, I learned, and I thank God that we're in the stage that we're in. I'll cherish her beyond the grave. I love you, Mommy. Nothing would ever stop me in peace. Oh, man. Tina, that was beautiful. Mm. Thank you. I read that for her last night. Mm. I told her I was going to do it again tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there are few better ways to show that love and appreciation for a loving, supportive parent and to go out there and to hang on to that, to live your life, to continue to be that that person that they hoped for. You know, our our parents.
parents, when they are supportive, when they are there for us, they don't seem to hang on to those times when we are being difficult. <laughs> Even if we start I, off... I, I, I think I, you always say it's grace and mercy because parents have a hard <laughs> job. There's no instruction book. You do the best you can, and sometimes your kids act a fool. Then what are you supposed to do? Feel like a failure? Mm-hmm. Nah. Just write it out. And that's what my mother did. And I, and I had salute her for that because, you know, um, my parents are African-American. They always tell their children this, um, I brought you into the world, I'll take you out. I don't know about <laughs> other races, but I heard that all my life. So <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what you've been used to or what you heard before, but my mom and daddy would have killed me and they didn't. So I thank God for that every day. I'm still here. Amen. They could have. They just didn't. Because, I mean, I was, like, horrible for, like, three years running. I was, yeah, horrible. <laughs> yeah, I think that one's a near universal. I think my, my favorite one that I've heard was, I can always have more kids. <laughs> oh, and you know Let the crazy thing about it is? My dad wanted a son. He had me and then two boys. And when I told my mama, those books. <laughs> Look, I wasn't even on the menu. Y'all just kept me. Let me walk real lightly around here because I can see the math. It's working out in my mind like, oh, they don't even need me. They got two boys. I'm going to be on my best behavior. <laughs> Look, if you live, you learn. They could have killed me, but they mm-hmm. didn't. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you, you and said if you were confused, this is why I love Thursday. Hmm. No, I'm just serious. <laughs> All right, Gina. What's that other poem you got for us? Okay, okay, okay. So um, I was at Epiphany, and I host a show there on every other Saturday night with Just Jay. And my due diligence was, their question of the evening was, what was your first hip-hop song that you love? Because hip-hop is 50. And I said, God willing, I'll be 54 in December. And my first love affair, because I always did love hip-hop, but the first song that I felt encapsulated in was by Common. At the time, he was Common Sense from Chicago. And it was, I used to love her. I was like, wow, me too. I mean, not like I was a lesbian in a previous life, but I used to love hip-hop. And then I felt like she let mm-hmm. me down. So I wrote this piece to a picture prompt that says, too many rappers, I'm the poet. And I titled it, mm-hmm. Pins Up. And this is that piece. I wrote it on January 30th in 2013. And I mean, I felt this way for decades, so this ain't new. <laughs> Pins up. I don't wait for hype, making me a fan base to follow me. Nah, because it's trending. I'm sorry, that's not me. I'm not concerned with the radio play or getting my numbers up. Looking for that 15 mythological minutes of fame, making Gina or Storm a household name. I love to share my wisdom, my life, my sunshine, my rain. 
my triumph and my pain, the rambly thoughts from my complicated brain, blurring the lines between genius and insane, uplifting, encouraging, inspiring, speaking truth for the elderly to the youth, champion to the embattled, victims of abuse, disabled children, women, bullied, anyone voiceless group, not caring about a handy or trending hook played on a loop, rappers have a place, poets who win this race, our gift is timeless, theirs is a hot mess, rap today makes me say, come on poets, keep your pens up like me, because I got to stay up, always has been something of substance that I have to say. And it will be that way until my dying day. I'm Gene Storm. That was my thing. I am right there with you. Uh, I love all kinds of music, but, yeah, I, I don't hear anywhere near the same in today's music like I used to. You know, I don't find myself listening right. to lyrics like I used to. Um, Hip-hop artists were MCs. They were rappers. They were lyricists. They were poets. They were doing spoken word to a beat. But what they did mm-hmm. to understand was that was a necessity because they were inspiring us, lifting us up, asking us what we thought was important, telling us what we should be paying attention to, imploring us to stay away from the bad things in life. I mean, it was always a message. It wasn't just madness. And now I feel like everything is a gimmick. You know, these rap artists don't understand the legacy of hip-hop. And the only way for it to come back is, I feel like, spoken word artists who used to be MCs would rock a mic any day of the week need to come back in the game so they can know what it needs to be. That's all I got to say. <laughs> mm. Mm. Sounds like there's an awful lot of truth in all that to me. <laughs> My mother yeah. always says, stop me when I start lying. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no lies detected. I'm just telling my truth. Uh, I still love hip-hop. I'm, I feel bad for rap. I I just hang on to that. that. Yeah, like before it felt like there was purpose. And now it, it's more just, I don't know. I listen to some some music out there right now, and it just sounds like this is just like you're, you're basically just sharing how you're masturbating to yourself, how you're glorifying yourself, how you are – I love loving me. your life right now. Yeah, like, and I deserve to be rich. <laughs> uh-huh. That's it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get off my sofa. <laughs> and I'm standing right next to you. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Gina. Thank you so much. Um, How can people find I'll tell people you? where I can be found. Yes, sir. I am Gina with an E, storm-like inclement weather. You can find me anywhere there's poetry. You can find me on Facebook at Gina Storm. In parentheses, Regina Brooks, which is on government, Regina Brooks 7 on Twitter and Black Twitter, and Regina Brooks 7 on Instagram. I love poetry. 
on Saturday afternoon. I'll be in the kitchen in the Small House of Poetry on Clubhouse. On Saturday evening, I will be at the Just Jay and Gina show with Lottie Dottie. She likes to party, who is part of many poetry collectives and dopeness. If you can call in, the number's 319-527-6300. Press 1 to join the conversation or join us on blogtalk.com just to listen. You can also catch me in the kitchen. Oh, no, that was that was Saturday. In the living room on Sunday, Small House of Poetry, 6 Central, 7 Eastern, where we do a breakdown of poetry. We're not having an interviewee. Lottie Dottie is our interviewee on Talk Show. Hmm on Blog Talk and and Epiphany. But Monday morning, you can catch me as part of the crew with the family at WSHOP, the Small House of Poetry, presents the AM Drive every Monday morning at 7 Central, 8 Eastern, where we do a morning call-in show where we have topics of the day, questions, what say you, Black Facts 365, because we're not just black in February, as well as what's in your cup and how's the weather where you are, and we do speed rounds of poetry instead of playing songs. So if you are needing something to get you on your commute to work, school, or just to wake you up on a Monday morning, start your week off with us on Clubhouse. Where you can find me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Told you I was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for calling in, Gina. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I love the Speaking to Cafe. This is a second home for me. I can't miss it. Perfect. That is exactly what I want this place to be, and I know that's exactly what Nyla has worked so hard to make this place. My sister right, from another minister. Absolutely. <laughs> one love, one mic. Have a good night. I'm just saying. I love her like family and cook food, and I was just making a breakfast omelet when uh, you unmuted me, so let me go get my groceries together. You don't want me to get hangry. That is a perfect note to end the show. I love uh-huh. it here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gina. All right, everybody. That is our show for the evening. Um, I just need to share, Nyla was trying to call in. She was having a lot of difficulty, but she did want to throw it out there. She was missing everybody, wanted to say hello, and that she will be back next week in order to host the show with you all. Um, Yeah, thank you all so much for an amazing night, for hanging out with all of us, for sharing your works, sharing your thoughts. I know Nyla would be pretty upset with me if I did not share that uh, yeah please head out there lick life in the face come back write about how it tastes share it here thank you guys so much I'm going to close out the show with a recorded track and I think just with everything that's been going on I'm going to put on spoken cinema with we are the line I don't have a problem with pornography. I mean, I don't get upset when I see sexually exploitive commercials. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) those are usually my favorite ones. I mean, I don't know what her ass has to do with my hamburger, 
but I'm in the drive-thru the very next day. I have a problem with violent movies or images or the word bitch. Don't have a problem with jokes about women. In fact, I freely admit there are times where I sit back with my fellas and kick back, talk about some bitch and how I wish I could hit that, talk openly in public places. I'm concerned if your kids laugh. I mean, it's just words, just jokes, just dudes talking shit that you never expect is going to get back. However, I do have a problem with violence and cruelty and rape and abuse. And even if we know, it's just me. It's just you. It's just a few harmless chokes between me and my dudes. It still perpetuates a culture where it's easy to confuse the link between the jokes and the bruise, between her getting choked and what's just jokes between dudes. And if there's a connection between the things I don't have a problem with and the things that I do, then perhaps I need to rethink my views on the way we view women and how many views sexually exploitive images get on YouTube. My best friends have beautiful children. And if what I have to do to keep their daughters from getting raped or harassed or abused is choose to accept domestic violence as a man's issue too, then I'll do that. And if their sons grow to be like the men that they see, so it's on me to live like the men I want them to be, then I will do that too. And when they're of a certain age, I will tell them this story I heard when I was young about this village being terrorized by lions. See, every so often in this village, the Villagers would wake to find beds ransacked, bodies torn, and for some odd reason, the bodies were always female. Panicked, uh, the men of the village started sleeping in shifts to make sure at least one man was always watching. Despite that, the lions came. Too worried to sleep now, the mothers crept to the beds of their babies, and there, watching over them, they learned why the victims were never men. Because on random nights, for unknown reasons, as the fog crept in and the moon caught in the branches, the boys and men of the village became the very thing the women they loved feared most. When I was young, I thought that story was about lions. <sighs> it's not. See, when we are children, the monsters are under the bed. When we are adults, the monsters have moved. They are inside us. They fight us. They climb in bed beside us. And so to stay safe from danger, we raise our girls to believe they must avoid it. And we raise our boys to believe they must become it. And so they do. And then one day, they grow up to discover they are the lions. They are the ones you're watching out for. They are the ones. We ask her, what did you do? When we should ask him, what have you done? But we don't. As if we can't blame him, as if it's her fault for failing to accept that being safe around men, that's not safe to expect. I mean, she got in a cage with a lion. She deserves what she gets. And as men, we have to reject that mindset or the violence won't end. We have to accept most often it starts in the hands and hearts and minds of men. And we are the lions time and again. And if we aren't the lions, we are on their side. Too often standing proudly in defense of the pride, perhaps afraid that if we stand with women against the lion, we will ourselves be devoured. And so, ironically, to prove we aren't cowards, we become cowards. To prove we aren't weak, we become weak. To prove we are still lions, we become sheep, unwilling to do the one thing that must be done. Speak. And our silence chokes as heavy as hands. It stings in every black eye where men stand. Violence lives or dies. And that is why to call this just a women's issue is a lie. We must be involved. This is a problem that cannot be solved with our silence. If we want to end the violence, we must speak. We must act. One in five women are raped by men. We must own that fact. 640,000 women and girls are trafficked for sex annually. We must own up to that 
Three women are killed each day by men who say they love them. That fact is ours and ours alone. Domestic violence is ours to own. This is what we must understand. This violence ends where it starts in the hands and in the hearts and in the minds of men because we are the lions. Time and again, 